Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champ, and Brooke Grimsley. I'm Randy Character. It's great to have you with us on a Wednesday morning. Happy hump day, kids. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. Good. Doing great now that I got my headphones on. Yeah, I, uh, well, you guys are struggling with your headphones this morning. What is going on? <laughs> Randy struggling? We were, Gary was a little late to put his on? What, what is I happening with the headphones? That I actually needed headphones for a minute. I, you were, what's going on here? Is it the, is it the smog outside that be. is throwing everybody off? Did, was that enjoyable to, to yeah. wake up to this morning? Uh, for me... It was. I was just entranced by our conversation yeah. about national burger chains. Oh yeah. And uh, so we were because uh, if you aren't aware of it, CD goes in and talks to AD on Casey before our show every day. And you were you guys were talking about Chick Fil A and Fun Ruckers. Yes. So he said he had a Chick Fil A card that allowed him to get a meal from Chick Fil A every single day mm-hmm. of the year, and at the end of the year they would give him a new one. And so I was explaining to him when I was in Pittsburgh, we were given a similar card for Fun Ruckers, except for it was. Limitless. You could go every day, every four, I, however many times a day you wanted. And I, after about two or three weeks, I realized, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do this every day. So too much. It's way too much. When, when I was in college, do you guys remember Noggles or Del Taco? It became Del Taco. Yeah. Yes. So Noggles oh, yeah, became I remember Del Taco. And this was a big mistake when you were dealing with a college-aged kid. But one time, I had a complaint with Noggles, so I sent their president a letter. And very nicely worded letter about what I didn't like about Noggles. And they wrote back to me and said, would you like to be a secret shopper? Oh. oh. <laughs> I said, well, yes. Yes, I would like to be a secret <laughs> shopper at Noggles. So every time I went to Noggles for years until they went out of business and sold to Del Taco, I was able to get reimbursed for every dollar I spent really? at Noggles. Wow. It was great. And I was really arduous in making sure that I sent in my receipt and got paid back. Wow. And I was, <laughs> I was at Noggles two or three times a week. It was That's pretty uh, cool. That yeah. worked out, it sounds like, more for oh, them, that they, that they were able to get you to come in that much. But, well, but they paid me back. Yeah. I was, yeah. It was free food. And here's the thing, Brooke. They've got these massive, you remember the macho burrito, yes. the macho meat yep. burrito? This thing weighed two pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, ground beef, and it had every everything in what it. What time did it they close? Never. They, uh, I mean, they were twenty four hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two a.m. Mm-hmm. College student, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Um, Matthew missed out on those days. Uh, Matthew's. He, they didn't have that in Como. I had Del Taco, but not in my college days. There was no Del yeah, Taco in Como. Shakespeare's Pizza. Uh, some people did. Uh, Shakespeare. Not me. Pizza. I think you weren't hmm. a fan. If I'm not mistaken, and text in, the uh, text line is open 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. If you're listening out of the metro area, send us a text if Del Taco still exists in your general area. We'd love to hear from you. Fabulous. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. Oh, it was fabulous. The first time I ever had it, I was uh, below the Mason-Dixon line. Okay. The thing about it, Brooke, is that 
it was not only quality, but it was quantity. Man, there were the food, whatever you got, it was big. It was great. Kind of like mm-hmm. the, the Cardinals here with their wins. Yes. I mean, they're winning a lot. <laughs> See, were you about to say I'm something? I was going to ask you, Zaxby's. You oh, have, I love Zaxby's. Zaxby's is greater than Chick-fil-A. It's greater Finally. than Chick-fil-A. I'm Zaxby's sorry. Zaxby's and God. Crystal's. No, you, you lost me with crystals. I, I'm bringing crystals up crystals again. Terrible. I'm bringing up crystals, crystals again. Don't bring up crystals in the land of White Castle, the worst. I like both of them. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Brooke. And as somebody who <laughs> tries to take an SEC trip every year, every SEC city has crystals. So I'm on board. With, and Zaxby's, by the way, they're Zaxby's a huge sponsor of the SEC. Beautiful. Zaxby's. Yes. Wonderful. Ooh, Raising Cane's starting to take over, Sandwich. though. Raising Cane's, is, they've got it going. Yeah. <laughs> But I always come back to Chick-fil-A. Anyway, the Cardinals are rolling now. The Cardinals are coming, trolla, trolla, uh, with a 4-2 win over the world champion Houston Astros last night. The w- defending world champion Houston Astros. One thing we know, the Astros are trying to defend a world championship, but they're facing a buzzsaw called the St. Louis Cardinals. A buzzsaw. Actually, it looked like Houston would be the buzzsaw early on when they scored two early runs, but your St. Louis Cardinals able to bounce back from a 2-0 deficit after Houston scored one in the first and one in the third. You guys got the text last night of the photo, didn't you? Oh, I did. <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. He's getting there. Honest Wagner. I didn't see a difference. <laughs> one, two pitches, off-speed pitch, and it's hammered down the left field line. Will it stay fair? And it does. It's a big fly for Paul DeYoung. His 12th home run of the year. He got a hanger up and in and did not miss it. Two to one, Houston. 12 home runs on the year for Paulie D. And the Cardinals get on the board. Ricky Orton, the call on KMOX and the Cardinals radio network, where you can hear every game. Later on, after DeYoung had hit that home run, the Cardinals got through the lineup again, and the amazing Jordan Walker stepped in. To a man, this is the scenario they have to improve on if they want to advance. Deep hole at short. Jump throw, long throw, off target. Contreras trying to take third, and he's going to be out. However, Jordan Walker got a hit in his 16th consecutive game. How about Jordan Walker? He is everything the Cardinals, and well, I don't know if he's everything the Cardinals expected that he would be. He's everything I expected he would be. If he was everything they expected he would be, that he, then he probably wouldn't have spent a month in the minors, right? I, I think that would be true. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, I would assume so. I mean, he's making them pay for that, but it, it will continue to come into question why did we send him down in the first place? I think it's a fair question, Brooke. A very reasonable question. Why did they send him down? He'd had a 12-game hitting streak already. He was hitting the ball hard. He just wasn't hitting it in the air. You know what that hit last night was? That wasn't a fly ball. Mm. His 16th consecutive game with it. It wasn't a fly ball. So anyway, the Cardinals are down now 2-1 to one because of Hannes Wagner. And in the fourth inning, they're able to get Jordan Walker over to third after that hit. And Hannes did it again. He delivered a sacrifice fly, and the game was tied at 2-2. Later on, 2-2 game. Cardinals with runners aboard for Nolan Arenado in the fifth. Smoke to right center. That ball is well hit. Tucker on the run. Not going to get it. That's going to bounce high off the fence. They're going to wave goalie. Here he comes. Throw to the plate. Off target. Ball gets away. Arenado to third, and the Cardinals take the lead. And that big crowd was going crazy, and they went even a little crazier as the Cardinals turned to their fulcrum of their offense. Pitch. That one gets away. Race to the plate. Backflip, and they got him. Arenado's going to challenge. The tag on the back 
right side. Arenado with a head first dive. Thinks he got the hand of the plate first. We will have to take another look. After review, the call on the field is overturned. The runner is There you go. So Arenado scores to make it 4-2. And that was in support of Jordan Montgomery, who went six and two-thirds. He allowed one earned run, two runs overall on six hits. He walked one and struck out six. A lot of games for Jordan, no run support. You figured tonight might be another one of those low-scoring games with Montgomery for the Cardinals and Framber Valdez for Houston. He swings and misses, and Montgomery has his first strikeout. The 0-2 pitch. He is caught on and missed. Back-to-back strikeouts for Montgomery. And the pitch is caught on and missed. That is strikeout number four for Montgomery. Swing and a miss. Montgomery heats up McCormick. He has his fifth strikeout. And two men are retired. Struck him out of the outside corner. Shut down inning for Montgomery. If the Cardinals are interested in making a haul before or at the trade deadline, then Jordan Montgomery is the guy. Jordan Montgomery is the most valuable piece of property that the Cardinals have if they choose to disband this group near or at the trade deadline. 100%. I said that the other day where you don't want to see Jordan Montgomery go because of how good, especially this month of June has Mm -hmm. been for him. I mean, this month of June, after yesterday where he went 91 pitches through six and two thirds, scattered six hits, gave up one earned run, punching out six. In the month of June, he was able to you know, cap off an incredible month for him, lowering his ERA in five starts to 1.70. That's a guy that you hate to see leave. But once again, what have we been saying, guys? Scott Boris client. Mm-hmm. He is going to test the waters and he's going to get a pretty penny, especially if he continues to perform in this way. And here's another part of this June, Brooke, is that here in his five starts, five and two thirds innings, six innings, six and a third, seven, six and two thirds last night. He's giving the Cardinals length Length. and every single team that's in contention is looking for that pitcher. And he attacked. He kept them off balance too. He looks really, really good and makes the hitters uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, he's won three of his last four games he started, and you, you're, that was one of the issues early in the season. They they were losing a lot of the games that he had played in. They weren't getting the run. He wasn't getting the run support. There was just a lot of issues not taking care of his business, and I don't know if, if I mean, if you think he's not going to resign at the, at, at the end of the season going into next year, you probably will have to move him. That's a conversation that I'm sure – if they're not already talking about contracts and, and working on uh, a new contract for next year, they're going to have to make a decision here shortly whether or not he's going to be on this roster in the next couple of weeks. And the Cardinals, they might say that they make a move at the deadline that, 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 they, that they never sell. If they don't have Jordan Montgomery, who starts game one of a playoff series for him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So that's telling you everything you need to know. If they Miles? Move- Probably, yeah. So it's but right now Montgomery would be the guy if if they are selling, if they are if they trade Jordan Montgomery, they're bailing out on this season. Mm -hmm. That's obvious. That's all we need to know. Meanwhile, Paul DeYoung with the home run, a couple of RBIs, that batting average skyrocketing now to two thirty four, two ninety (laughs) seven on base, four sixty seven slug. Here's the manager, Ali Marmol. Yeah, he's putting together a pretty good year and. He's worked hard at it. He spent the whole offseason working on it, and he's uh, pretty diligent about his work day-to-day here. So he's done a nice job. He helped the Cardinals last night. They don't win last night unless they have Paul DeYoung. So with every 
hit that he has, his market value just continues to go up. Oh, they are they are thrilled that he's continuing to perform well because I don't think he'll be here at the trade deadline. And that's not anything. I mean, you got a young superstar playing your position that is poised and ready to come up and take your job. It's the it's the part of the business that a lot of people, you know, don't understand or, or get frustrated with. It's just what we understand as athletes. This is what's going to happen either this year or next year. And uh, if you can get something for him at the trade deadline that can help you get this team better, if your if your plans are to make a push for the playoffs, I don't think Hannes Wagner is going to be in a Cardinals jersey after uh, the trade no. deadline. Unfortunately for us. How much you're going to get from him is, or for him is going to be the big question. You hate to root for injuries for another team, but I hope another team gets a shortstop injury. <laughs> where are we? Where, where? <laughs> it's true. I hate to do it, yeah, but it just did it. Just did it. <laughs> you can't put a bounty on a man, Randy. Uh, I just uh, did. Uh, but he did. I, I half joked about the batting average, but he hit, hit only 202 in May, and now in June, he's hitting 234, four homers, seven ribs. And he's slowly climbing the ladder. So the Cardinals will play Houston again tonight at the ballpark. Michaelis against Christian Javier, and that game is at 645. Flyers traded Kevin Hayes to the Blues for a sixth rounder, and the Flyers will pick up half of that salary. That was here yesterday all over our airwaves here at 101 ESPN. And we'll talk to Alex Ferrario. He's in Nashville, and he'll join us later in the show to talk about that trade. Hayes is going to talk to the media, and so is Doug Armstrong, so we'll hear from our buddy Alex Ferrario coming up later here on 101 ESPN. We're off and running. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. Did my thing? I didn't have my headphones on. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day. I, I pressed the button out of habit. Did he? Uh, did that go on the air when I did it? Yes. Okay. Good. I heard it. Did it twice. Okay. Good. I didn't have my headphones on. There's no way I could have heard it. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that everybody had it. Coming up next, because it is Hump Day, it's Ask Uncle Randy Day. You know, it's supposed to be 110 feels like tomorrow in St. Louis. 110 degrees. Tomorrow is supposed to be 110. Yeah. Uh-huh. Feels, really? feels like. I think it's only oh, supposed feels, to be like oh, 101 okay. or something. Oh, only 101. I got a tea time. It's a dry heat. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is. It's really a, not. Well, no, I was really, telling Rock really that the, uh, the smog, they said, is coming from the Canadian wildfires. It's coming down. Yeah. Blame Canada. Come <laughs> on, Canada. Just Did you guys get a, a little notification talking about the air quality today I and how bad it, it is? I did when, is I, when I woke bad? up this morning. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Huh? Okay, well, we'll deal Just with so it. Just so you guys know. You're Thank outside. You. I appreciate that knowledge. Golf regardless, <laughs> yeah, huh, yeah. Randy? <laughs> oh, yeah, tomorrow, 100 degrees, 100 degrees, yeah. And a 50% chance of rain, but uh, am I going to be out there? Yes, Make I sure am. you hydrate. Oh, I will. Hydrate beforehand. You'll see me drinking a lot of Propels tomorrow morning. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Ask Uncle Randy coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. If you have a question for Uncle Randy, Uncle Kerry, and Brooke, feel free to text in. We want to hear from you. If you have any uh, personal issues that you're dealing with, by the way, uh, good luck to 
my good friend, former producer here at 101 ESPN. He was a producer of the Fast Lane Forever. Brad Barnes is getting married this weekend. Oh, so uh, nice. good luck to uh, Mr. Barnes and yeah. his Congrats, bride. Brad. Congrats, Brad. Yep. He's a good man. He's a very good man. Meets the best. All right. Um, Uncle Randy, I have two boys. One went to KU, the other went to UK. When they were both graduated, we started going to the KU-UK basketball games no matter where it was. Kansas, Kentucky, Chicago, New York. They've been out of school for roughly seven years now, and how do I tell them that they're on their own for the next Kentucky-Kansas basketball game? You just, if you want to do that, if you want to sever that great family tradition, Hmm. you just tell them. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to the games, but you guys can go. I'm not going anymore. It's not hard to tell them, but you know what? Uh, I have a tradition of going with my son to spring training in Arizona every year, and uh, he is going to turn 29 next month, and we did it this year, and he dealt with cancer, and he, we all dealt with the pandemic, and I appreciate it even more, and the fact that I get an opportunity to spend time with my son is something that I greatly appreciate, so don't toss that away so quickly. I think if you have the opportunity, whether it's, you know, if you if you have the opportunity to do it financially and, and you know, time wise, you should you should still go. Yeah, it's a it's just going to be a great experience, something to, you know, remember with your boys and, and you can't get that time back. So Bingo. enjoy that. Sorry, we got a really weird text, and I was just, just trying to process it. Okay. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I started a new job four months ago, and I do not like it at all. Is four months too early to start looking for a new job? No, it is not. It is not. If you don't like it and if you're miserable, you move on, even if it's only been four months. That's enough of a sample size. You know that you're not going to like it. And why spend time being unhappy? Life is too short to be unhappy. So you go and... You find what you can find on Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever. Uh, We have all dealt with situations that were untenable and all fortunately got out of them and we're all reasonably happy, even though we have to wake up early in the morning. I think we're all really happy even though we have to wake up early in the morning. But no, you can find something that makes you happy. That's what you need to do. Be, that's my key phrase is be happy. Be happy. Be happy with your life choices. Don't stick around with something for years and years if you're not happy or you feel like it's serving you and your purpose there's a million other jobs out there and some employers might be bothered by that saying okay especially if you're jumping around a little bit too much but just finding the right fit for you it'll be figured out you live by that credo yeah find the fit for you and get out of a toxic work environment (laughs) i think we all should we should, all, we should all live by that. We should all live by that. I think so. Find happiness yep. in yes. our thing that we do every day. Yes. Dear Uncle Randy, before I commit to having kids, I want to go on an epic sports trip. I have narrowed it down between two. The first would be flying to London to hopefully watch Harry Kane in what appears to be his last season with the Spurs. And the other trip would involve following the Blues through five different arenas, ranging from Philly to New York City and, and ending in Boston. Which one should I do? If it's me, and I'm a big fan of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Kois, there's only going to be one last season for Harry Kane. The Blues trip is always going to be there for you. And yes, you might have some pushback once you do get married, but ultimately, that Blues trip is going to be there for you, and the Harry Kane trip is not. So, if it were me in that situation, Kois, I'm going to go watch Harry Kane and Tottenham Hotspur. Because it's that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The Blues trip, you can make that trip 
at, during some other season, and it, it can be epic. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, Diego Rainey, what is the maximum amount of time we should allow our children to move home and save money for a house? <laughs> hmm. That's, That's a, a good, good question. question. I mean, that is just, I mean, it, it's, I feel like I somebody just, might be overstaying their welcome. I just yeah. like how blunt it is, but it's just like, <laughs> I, like not taking into consideration any of the crazy factors with it that comes into the state. I would state love to know the story. Buying a house right now. I would feel like two years would be sufficient. So if you're a child. Okay, and if they're coming back, they, yeah. they left and they're coming back. Yeah. I think it depends on how much a part of the process the offspring is. Are they willing to do things to benefit the household? Or, or are they just coming home, like sleeping? Like a parasite? And, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> leaving clothes all over the place, yeah. eating all the food, right. leaving dishes in the sink. Yeah, now you got six months, buddy. Right. But that's, if, if they're willing story. to say, do you need anything before they walk out the door? Or if they're... Uh, if they're kind and they take out the trash and they do the dishes and your house isn't a mess because of them and you almost don't even notice them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have an extra set of hands around now and then. So I, I think it really depends on the situation. And if really a lot of it is, I mean, not everybody likes everybody in their family, right? But if you, <laughs> if you still like them and enjoy their company, then I think that uh, you can keep them around. So I wouldn't put a number on it. Well, and I would assume, too, that maybe if you're excited about being an empty nester and then all of a sudden you're not an empty nester again, that that throws you off. But I would first just address if you don't feel like they're contributing enough, give them a chance. And if they're still not stepping up or you don't even see them have a job or a job where they're saving up money, then it's time to really not even gently shove, but shove them out of the nest. Yeah, not gently. Just just, let them fly. Yeah. Push them out. Just push them out, just like the birds do. You're going to fly or fall. (laughs) Yeah. I'm also very intrigued by the the wording of this statement. They're just like, like, did they come back home after renting for a while to try to save up for the house? Or I'm, I'm very confused by maybe the situation. It was college, here. maybe it was life's maybe expensive. Life's anything. expensive. Anybody, anybody buying a house in their early twenties anymore? Oh get God, no. Get out of here without <laughs> some sort of help. <laughs> yeah, yeah like without some happening. sort of help. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the person we're talking about here is at the very youngest in their in their late twenties. Yeah. And by the way. And again, I, I would like to hear texts from this. And maybe this is just the people, the circles that I run in. I actually know more women who were told when they go to college, okay, you aren't moving back than men. Really? Yeah. I, I think I know the opposite. But more guys yeah. who were, or yeah. more girls who were told allowed, allowed to come the, back? Yeah, the girls were I, allowed. I think and I've, the boys I've heard were. more men too. Yeah. But I will say, my parents, if I called them now and I was like, do you want me to. Can I move back? They'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> because you're likable and helpful. There you go. Yeah. Randy, may, my wife and I are going to Vegas for the first time in October. What are the must-see attractions? I have not been to Vegas in Vegas. forever. But it is, it's pretty simple. The, the attractions are just walking up and down the strip and seeing the big buildings and seeing the, the fountains at Caesars Palace and looking at Bellagio, walking to see the lobby at Bellagio. Now that the sports teams are there, if you have an opportunity, check them out too. But, uh, uh, anything that you see that you Google what to see in Vegas is accurate. Yeah, yeah you got the Cirque du Soleil. You got all of the circuses. You got many different shows depending mm-hmm. on what you uh, prefer. So it, there is a lot to do in Vegas, and you can always go gamble if you feel mm-hmm. like donating some money to <laughs> or just a do something casino. scandalous. If you if you're into the scandalous well, thing, no, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, not everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Criminal records kind of travel. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if any, is anybody doing a, a residency right now that uh, it, like is Britney Usher Spears just got done? No, doing his, Britney I think, Spears or maybe isn't doing, doing anything his. right now. Didn't oh, okay. uh, didn't Adele <laughs> just cancel hers? 
She just ended her residency, didn't Did she? she? Okay. I think she might have. Or Let's Lady see. Gaga, one of the two. Usher, they're on July 7th through July 9th. Yeah. Uh, so he's got his thing going. Uh, let's see, 2023, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Labbert, Frankie Ma- Marino, Barry Manilow, Donny Osmond. Uh, weekends with Adele, and she just ended hers. Maroon 5, Rod Stewart, Bruno Mars, Keith Urban, Luke Bryan, Usher. I mean, you got a lot, a lot of, of options. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, options. Uh, 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 Do just about anything. Uh, Reba, is Reba here? Uh, 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 Are we going to be there? Wayne Newton is still there. Wayne Newton. Wow. Yeah, him or Barry Manilow left Nevada in the Carrie last Carrie Underwood. Years. Somebody texted in Carrie Underwood. Starting today, actually. Carrie Underwood starting today through December 16th at the Theater at Resorts World. That'd be good. That would be. Let's see. Um, and Usher, June 28th through October 28th. There you go. Keith Urban. Uh, the Rat Pack is back. That's a... Uh, it's not the real Rat Pack. I think they I, might be dead. Yeah, uh, not around anymore. Adele goes through November... Oh, no. she Yeah, she goes through November 4th. So uh, that, those are weekends. Oh, okay. So you still got that. She's Garth Brooks. Year. Jeez, okay. How about Garth Brooks starting July 6th through July 13th? Uh, so that's limited. So, yeah, there's... Katy Perry, you got, you got tons and tons of shows. Just go to concerts.vegas. Uh, but there are plenty of shows. Yeah, just you can't go wrong. You will find something you love. And I'll, pa- I'll pass this one, this one along from Tim McKern. He always talks about it. Uh, Kabuto, if you like sushi uh, and you don't want to deal with Nobu out in Vegas, go to Kabuto. Apparently, it's kind of like the this place everyone in Vegas knows about, but no one out of town knows about. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Cousin Carrie, uh, I need some gridiron guys in my life. Where are we at? Well, I saw that text as well. We are uh, work. It's a work in progress because I'm working my butt off. I leave here and go coach every day. So Anthony and I have not had an opportunity. Good news. We have all week next week where I don't have uh, football practice. So I believe we'll get one done. Maybe Friday. If not Friday, definitely sometime next week. You got to get those kids out on the field on Tuesday. They just need that sort of direction on the 4th of July. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be somewhere popping fireworks. Safely. Did you, did you ever hear the Vermeil Fourth of July story? No, I did not. So Vermeil's first year in Philadelphia, he did three a days. Yes, I he did three a days. Yeah. Okay, morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, finishes the evening practice and is surrounded. And so they each practice was two and a half hours. So they spent what seven and a half hours on the field. He's surrounded by the media after the third practice, and fireworks are going off, and fireworks <laughs> continue to go off. Fireworks continue to go off. And finally, you know, he has to stop because he's got the tape recorders and cameras there. He says, what's going on here? And one of the, one of the reporters has to say, Coach, it's the country's bicentennial in Philadelphia on the 4th of July. <laughs> he had no idea. A, that it was the 4th of July training camp. B, that he was in the midst of where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And B, that it had been 200 years it, since then. That is just he was a intense. football coach, man. Yeah. They, they don't know dates. They just know it's Tuesday and we got this practice going on. <laughs> That's exactly what No one knows. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, thanks very much for your text. Do you have another awesome one, Matthew, or can we move on? Oh, we're good. Uh, next up, Doug Armstrong. Do we still have faith in Army? In an army we trust? Is that where we are still? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We got off the air yesterday. The Blues announced that they had traded a sixth-round pick in next year's NHL draft to Philadelphia in exchange for center Kevin Hayes. They also get 50% of Hayes' $7.14 million average annual salary for the next three seasons. So the Blues are paying about three and a half per season for Kevin Hayes. Eric Duhacek of The Athletic writes, it's just flat-out theft by the Blues. Sure, Hayes and Flyers coach John Tortorella didn't see eye-to-eye on the nightly commitment that an NHL player needs to put into play, but that's the reality of today's NHL. Other than Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr, maybe, there are no perfect players. The job of a coach is to put a player in situations that maximize his opportunity to succeed and protect him in the areas where he has some perceived weaknesses. Kevin Hayes has a lot of ability. We saw that with Winnipeg when he was with the Jets. We saw him on a regular basis. We didn't see it as much under John Tortorella in Philly, but I kind of get the feeling, Brooke and Kerry, that Kevin Hayes, with his size, with his speed, is going to be, and his speed isn't great. He's not Connor McDavid fast, but he's not Ryan O'Reilly slow either. I think, and that's taking nothing away from the current Ryan O'Reilly, great leader, but he's just he's lost a step. Kevin Hayes right now is a better player for the Blues, and I think he'll be a stellar performer under Craig Berube. Well, it makes a lot of sense, and this is a deal that it's fantastic that it worked out. It seems like early in the week we are talking about Sanheim. You were hoping that maybe that was something that would also work out, and that would be an even bigger deal, but as you mentioned, it felt like Army kind of makes out like a bandit once again in this situation in quote unquote kind of a free player they're getting out of this for a draft pick that you're not even going to really worry about and look now you're going into the into the draft the blues have the number 10 pick plus numbers 25 and 29 they there is a possibility they could try to package their picks and move up in the draft this is a lot of great leverage for armstrong and the blues moving forward and you talked about the commitment now the commitment issues with hayes was specifically some of the defensive commitment and they mentioned that he probably plays a little too much on the perimeter and that was some of his issues maybe a chain of scenery is something that can help because i know that is concerning because what do we have some of those issues with with the forwards this yeah. past season. Yeah. Sounds like he's going to fit in perfectly here. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, that that is a, a concerning comment, a nightly commitment to to doing the things that are required to be successful for your team to be successful. We, we had that conversation all season from the forwards. Are they willing to do the job on the defensive end? Obviously, if you're talented and, and can score and you can skate fast, you can skate fast both ways. So will you be committed to doing that? Mike Weber has a, has a task at hand mm-hmm. to make sure that this defense 
defensive part of the team does their job at a, at a high level. Otherwise, we're going to be looking at Jordan Bennington facing all of these shots and having all of these goals scored on him, and, and everyone is going to say he's playing well, but the people around him aren't. Here's the thing. I go back to when the Blues stole Braden Shen from Philadelphia. And Shen had been moved from center to wing because of his lack of commitment. And there isn't a more committed player than Braden Shen. Yes. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Under the wrong coach, and we all know about John Tortorella over the years. I don't think that I would be able to play for John Tortorella. No, no. Some might say I'm trying to He's think prickly. of it. Yeah, prickly, difficult, maybe yeah. personality. And when once you start butting heads with him, then it's not going to work out. And yeah. I'm hoping that's what the situation here is with Hayes because he he can be a very crafty and effective player. This also takes a little bit of the pressure, too, off of Robert Thomas. And also, yeah. Pavel Buchnevich can do what yeah. Pavel Buchnevich yeah, does beforehand. Yeah. And he did a great job of setting that role, but I think we all realize that isn't going to be the role long-term for him. So now that figures out that. And as much as I like Ryan O'Reilly, and he is a lot better defensively Mm -hmm. when it comes to a more defensive forward and that physicality, the age factor here too, 31 years old for Kevin Hayes, that's also a big thing. What what Armstrong has been telling us, that sweet age age range that he wants for players, Kevin Hayes fits in perfectly to that. And it shows they're not just building for the future, they're building for the right now where they can still be successful. Yeah, and oh, by the way, the Blues did not get Travis Sanheim. And they looked at him, clearly, if they were going to take on that contract, they looked at him as a number one quality defenseman. He has not been that yet in the NHL. And if there is a blind spot for Army, when you look at the people that he signed ostensibly to be top-pairing defensemen, they have not really worked out. I mean, Tory, you're trying to get rid of Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. Falk is a terrific number two, but I don't think that he fits in that mold of an Alex Petrangelo or a Roman Yossi or, or those t- sorts of guys. So the Blues are paying for number two and three pairing type defensemen, and they don't have the number one. Now, I would hope that if they got a Sandheim, he would ascend to that level, but we don't know. And everybody in Philadelphia for the last five years has been in the midst of a disaster. It's kind of like playing for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I think they do have a number one. He just has to play like it. Colton Pareko is oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. if he if he does it consistently. And and we've talked about it time and time again. Maybe it's the pairing, the person that he's with. If you were able to get a Sanheim, maybe that could be the elite pairing that you need from Colton Pareko to really show his best game that he's able to have. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything with Tory Krug. Obviously, he does not want to be traded, or does not want to be traded there. So it's going to be intriguing to see how the relationship with him goes forward, knowing that he's on the trade market or was on the trade block, and now he's he's used his no trade clause to make sure that he's still on this franchise, still in this organization. And, and Jeremy Rutherford, position. by the way, reporting yeah. Brooke that uh, the Blues were not engaged in any more trade talks with Philly about Travis Sanheim. No, and that's that's important to clarify because you hope that that's something that would have worked out. It's not they're moving past it but at the same time Tory Krug now has a target on his head as you're talking about CD yeah. is you know now it, you know it, there's no veil behind it it's very clear that the Blues were comfortable with moving him they didn't talk to remember Jeremy Rutherford reported as well you know it, he asked Nick Letty they didn't talk to Nick Letty about waiving his no trade clause they didn't talk to Colton Pareko about waiving his no trade clause they didn't talk to Justin Falk about waiving his no trade clause who did they talk to that about 
Tory Krug. So now that target is on his head. And in hindsight, this is always something that we'll be able to look back at. We talked about Alex Petrangelo not giving him the no movement clause, which is even stricter than the no trade clause. Now, if you're willing to move Tory Krug, will you continue to look back at that moment with Alex Petrangelo and wonder, though, as much as I like this deal with Kevin Hayes, would you even be in this situation with Tory Krug if you had kept Alex Petrangelo? It's a great question. You would not have. CD, I want to ask you a question from mm-hmm. an athlete's perspective. You do take the, the t- trouble and time to get a no trade deal like Tory Krug did. Yep. But then you know that they don't want you anymore. Yeah. And you reject the trade. So what's that what do you think that's like from from the mentality of a, an athlete? You you're there but you know they don't want you there. Well, we're here cuz I'm I have this no trade clause. I work to get it. And so if you want to move me, move me to where I want to go. That's essentially what the no trade clause is for a player. I get to pick where I want to go and I get to say no to where you want me to go if I don't agree. And he earned the right to get it. They signed the contract. It's in ink and we have to deal with that. And so now this is where the professional part of sports comes comes along. You both have to be professional. You don't want me. I don't really want to be here, but we're going to make it work because this is what's best for the team right now. And until we find another solution, we'll be here working our butts off, even though we may not agree. We'll still both be working here, working our butts off and making sure we're doing what's best for the team. And for the Blues, if they desperately want to get rid of the guy, the advantage of a no trade as opposed to a no move, you can't put a guy on waivers if he has a no movement clause. Mm -hmm. They could put Tory Krug on waivers if he gets claimed by anybody, Winnipeg, he could still wind up going to that team. So the no trade comes into play when the Blues are trying to get something back. But if they just want to put him on waivers and they think that somebody will claim him, they can do that. If they put him on waivers, who pays the salary? The, the team, team that him picks up. him up. Oh, there you go. Yep. And by the way, if he would clear waivers, once we get to that point, the Blues could send him to Springfield. Okay. And they could also do a lot of different things, too, where they just say to him, look, we're going to reduce your ice time. This is what the situation looks like. And they'll probably continue to present him deals with other teams yeah. that are maybe in more of the wheelhouse of what he's looking for. I get that he doesn't want to move multiple times, and that's 100% his right to invoke his no-trade clause to find the perfect situation for him. If I was him, with what's going on with the Phillies, I wouldn't exactly want to go there oh, either. A bad situation. It is. It is a very bad situation, so I don't blame him. I just don't see this being done just yet. And also, there, Jeremy Rutherford has a great story where Kevin Hayes and Tori Krug are friends. So yeah. They've been it, playing together since they were 10. Yeah. yeah. So even if things continue with Tory Krug here, you maybe have that friendship that kind of helps patch things moving forward. And hopefully Krug will just be healthier and better than he was last year. You you have to play better. Yeah. You guess, play everybody better. everybody <sighs> needs to play better. Coming up, get your texts in. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Welcome here 
text to the uh, Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 Yo-ho! Alright kids, LeBron James has over a billion dollars. A couple of years ago he bought a Beverly Hills mansion for $37 million. Actually, it had an extra home attached that Audrey Hepburn lived in when she was alive oh. in, in Hollywood. But now LeBron is tearing this $37 million mansion down so that he can build his California dream home. And apparently neighbors are upset that there's construction going on in their neighborhood and it is LeBron James. Take it or leave it. If it wasn't LeBron, if it was a movie producer, we wouldn't hear any complaints at all. Um, well, we wouldn't hear about it, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think so. If it's, it's a big name movie producer, you probably would. Yeah, I have no problem with LeBron. We we see teardowns all the time. I have no no problem at all with LeBron tearing down a thirty seven million dollar mansion to build his dream home. He can afford it. He can afford it, and I'm sure he can afford his neighbors to be quiet and mind their business. Yep. And it's interesting because he's involved in multiple rebuilds now. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I like it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, so the uh, Mets owner, Steve Cohen, tweeted after the game last night, he will be doing a press conference. You will hear directly from him. Take it or leave it. Heads are going to roll. I'm going to leave it, but I think he will probably be red-faced and angry. He's going to be upset. Yeah. How much money you got to spend to get a championship around here? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Did they, uh, what happened last night? They were eight they games won. under, so they're seven games under 500. They beat the Brewers, I believe. Thank you, Mets. We appreciate it. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we, Just, now somebody beat the Reds. Don't look at what happened to the Padres last night, guys, by the way. I, I was going to ask. You think him and him and the Padres owner call each other like, what the hell is going on so, here? It's not supposed to work this way. <laughs> this, is, this is not great, uh, which kind of leads into my take it or leave it, guys. Take it or leave it. I sent this to you guys in the group text last night. Uh, supposedly, we were at the point with the Padres, which if you didn't see what happened last night, just do a quick little little Google search. They lost back-to-back to the Nats, and then they lost to the Pirates last night, who have not been doing well. I think, I think we've talked Pirates. about that. Uh, they haven't been performing like that oh, lately, okay. CD. <laughs> uh, now there's reports that finger-pointing is starting to happen in the clubhouse. Take it or leave it. Um, You're late to the party on that. <laughs> take it. Take it, yeah. We did that way months ago. <laughs> So, so April. That's so April. Yeah, we, we guys, what are you guys doing? Second game. Yeah, we, we've been doing this for we've been doing this for months. Like, now. come on now. Yeah, yeah. The Padres just want to be like the Cardinals at this point. So yeah, the report is that supposedly the Padres are at a boiling point in the clubhouse. A lot of finger pointing, blaming. There's a lot of superstars on that team who are not performing like superstars whatsoever. Yeah. Sometimes well, you gotta some hey, you know, every now and then you might have to settle your differences yeah. physically. And by the way, in the locker room. It, it was the fifth game when Marmal took the Was it the fifth game? Oh. Yeah, with, with, was that the kerfuffle? O- o- it's still yeah. April, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, so we, I, we I say second game, but I, yeah. I forgot about the Toronto series. But yeah. the, it was the fifth game of the season. Come on, Padres. Been there, yeah. done that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> All right, Matthew, let me get on the text slide. 
Take it or leave it, Ferrario and Tanner would have been wise to inquire with Brooke about Nashville hotspots, as it appears they're trying to eat barbecue and not hot chicken. I just texted Alex literally just a minute ago, and I said, wait a minute, I just realized I didn't give you guys any Nashville recommendations. Come on, Brooke. They're did, eating did you, barbecue Did you right text now. them and say, what the hell are you all doing? Yeah, I just I hey, literally sent him a doing? screenshot of that text, and I said, <laughs> excuse me. What are y'all doing? Uh, <laughs> so barbecue Hello? is not a Nashville thing. Hot, hot chicken you, I mean, barbecue is good. I think Memphis has the best barbecue okay. in Tennessee. That's what they're known for. Nashville's more the Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, I, I pass. Where you're going to feel it for days. Is it? Yeah. Oh, so it's no, worth it in the moment. Thank you. It will just stick you. around with you for days painfully afterwards. I don't understand people that can just eat spicy foods like that. I'm, I, I mind need to try my thing. Chuck's hot chicken here in town. Okay. Uh, and I haven't couple, tried that. A couple of spots. And uh, yeah, I've been, it's been recommended. There's, they're in Maryland Heights on Dorset, Highway K and O'Fallon, and on Rock Hill. And apparently it's fantastic from what I hear. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that I would have had some good Nashville recommendations. Uh, the only, I saw them yesterday. And the only thing I told them is good luck dealing with all the woo girls on Broadway. Woo! Because Bridgestone Arena, if you haven't been there, is right on Broadway. And there's always woo! bachelorette parties. We call them woo girls in Nashville because when you're in Nashville, you'll hear the woo mm-hmm. with the girls on the party bus. You did that really well. Okay. Worked out as a really accurate woo girl. Woo! Yeah, that's a good woo. I love it. Were, I've were, heard have it you way ever too been much. a woo girl? No. No, mm, I don't know. I was a little I was, accurate. I, I, no. It's a really good impression. I was, not, I was never on a party bus. You would uh, never catch really? me on one of those. Okay. You've never buses. been on a party bus. Is what you're telling me right now? I'm talking now. about the ones on Nashville and oh, Broadway. Oh, so that kind of party yeah. bus. Yeah, have there. you seen it? They even have like a hot tub one. When I last time I was in Nashville, they had a tractor one where they no. they had some girls on a bachelor I've party. Watched, I've just, watched the bachelor before. They just take them I've around the it. bars and they go woo. That's spectacular. I'm not skipping anybody, am I? No. no. Right, good. We already, <laughs> you already read one. I'm deathly afraid. <laughs> oh, wait, you're right. You did it. Have I? Yes. I did? I'm pretty sure you did. You I don't did. think so. I yes, did? you read yeah, the you read Alex Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm definitely afraid of that happening again, so I'm just double-checking. It's just checking. the air quality messing with your head, Rob. Exactly. There it is. is. Um, take it or leave it. Uh, Tim and Jackson were talking about this yesterday. Take it or leave it. STL City's record is more surprising right now compared to the Cardinals. That is a great question, and I'm going to leave that. You're going to leave that. Mm-hmm. City's record is more surprising. Tim, yeah, Tim took City, like, you would have gotten, it would have... You would have gotten better odds on City being first in, in their conference and gonna, the Cardinals being last I'm going to take that because no one expected the Cardinals to be where they are. So City's record is a, is more surprising to me than, yeah, I would say, more surprising than what the Cardinals are. I, I agree with you on that because I don't think anybody expected the Cardinals to be like this this no. season. City SC, it, it's been, I, I wouldn't even say a surprise. It's just been nice because... It, things worked out. They put in all the time and effort getting those guys in early, the spine of the City SC group, and it's paid off. All right, uh, Brooke, you ready to get angry? Uh, this is from the 314. Southern Hot Chicken and STL is as good as any place in Nashville. That's a lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a lie. That is he also a lie. Take it or leave it. Nashville hot chicken tastes like red pepper and water. Where are you guys going? Where are you guys going? Because here's the thing. I think some people 
they they go to certain places in Nashville or they see on the menu because a lot of menus now have like a Nashville hot chicken. I've seen stuff here that says Nashville hot chicken. I get it. And it's buffalo sauce, essentially. It's in so the it's breading. Not really, no, it's not in the, the same. Yeah, it's in the breading. It's the spices they use in the breading when cooking and the sauces, all that stuff. I'm be, telling you, there's really good. Be 100% chicken. honest. Yes. As a Nashville native. You eyeball that chicken coming to your plate. If it's not a certain hue or red, you're already disappointed. Oh, you can already tell. Yeah. You can tell by the breading if it's not going to be <sighs> done correctly. Like it's got to be. It, it sounds like it's got to be like blood red on deck. Like it just oh, yeah. sounds like. Oh yeah. Alcohol. Why? Why is that so fun? Because in the what's, moment, what's it's great delicious. about that? I don't understand it. And then you're making your whole day around it because, of course, you can't go run errands after that. Your you gotta- heart <laughs> it feels like it's gonna stop. <laughs> Why is that? Thrilling. Mm. <laughs> Some endorphins running. Nah, I'm good. I don't want to sweat while I'm pepto. eating. <laughs> okay. Just have some Pepto. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up, would you rather be in the Cardinals situation where you have a bunch of young players who are struggling this year, or would you rather be in the Padres situation where you have at least four players that have contracts into their 40s and they're very good, but you suck too? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The Mets have been, if not the most disappointing team in baseball this year, certainly among them. But I wouldn't expect fire and brimstone from Steve Cohen tomorrow. The expectation is that he's going to take the long view on this. You know, he's spending like George Steinbrenner, but he thinks a lot more like Hal Steinbrenner. He's not going to be someone who's going to walk into the press tomorrow and say, I'm firing everybody. We're starting from scratch. That is Jeff Passan on SportsCenter. It's 8.02. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, did announce on Twitter that he's having a press conference today. And there are many, many Mets fans that want both Billy Epler, their general manager, and Buck Showalter, their manager, fired. And as Jeff Passan said, he doesn't expect that there's going to be an awful lot of changes, if any changes. And the Mets are having a bad year. And generally in sports, when you have a lot of players, especially your top players, that are 40 years old, old or older, and the Cardinals are experiencing this with Adam Wainwright this year. They aren't going to be what they were 10 years previously. Sometimes owners have a tendency to sign names rather than players, and that, I think right now, is affecting the Mets and the Padres, who are 10 and a half games out in their division. And the Padres... They have a lot of really interesting names on their team. Also, names that are going to be around for a while because Manny Machado is signed into his 40s. Xander Bogarts, Bogarts is signed into his 40s. Hugh Darvish is signed into his 40s, and they're just really top-heavy. Manny making $31 million, almost 32 Bogarts making $25 million. Tatis making 24 Soto making 23 Musgrove making 20 all on long-term deals. Yet the team is really bad, and they traded all of their best prospects to get one. Last year, 
it really is difficult for me to equate expenditure to quality because year after year after year after year, the teams that make the most don't wind up winning the World Series, and it's teams that fly by on a budget that generally do it. A couple of years ago, it was the Atlanta Braves. This year, you see Tampa Bay, you see Miami, you see Arizona having the success they're having. For me, being a sports executive is about being smart more than having the biggest checkbook. And knowing just the background, too, if there's anything that we're learning from this Mets and Padres situation, especially this season, is that money doesn't buy chemistry and it doesn't ensure victories as well. Whatever is going on, it's not translating for any, either one of these teams. So 100%, I would rather be in the Cardinal situation right now when you're especially talking about payroll and prospects that you still have compared to the Padres, especially mm-hmm. this moment. We talked about that demoralizing loss you have against the Pirates who have been tanking this month, and then even you lose back-to-back to the Nationals going into this. It's interesting because they're both dealing with separate situations. The Mets spent a lot of money on on pitching and their pitching staff when I checked last night is 25th in the league with a 4.58 ERA and that's their entire pitching staff and by the way they did lose Edwin Diaz in yes, their defense they lost him yeah. the best closer in the game during the World Baseball yes. Classic and then the Padres you bring up those superstars that you have in your lineup day in and day out their offense sits at 22nd in the league as of last night when I checked in scoring with a 233 average 721 OPS so the two things that you would think that you spend a lot of money on are not panning out for either team. Once again, the chemistry, whatever's going on, we're having the reports coming out. The Padres are now you know, doing a lot of finger pointing in the clubhouse. Maybe it's too many superstars that are just not able to come together as a group. Yeah, you would think that, I mean, baseball is is really an individual sport based on your ability at your position. You, you, you're in the batter's box by yourself. You're in the field. Obviously, you got plays and things that take place and cutoff man and, you know, Four, six, three, double plays. Those things are team related, but actually, it's a it's an individual sport. And when the individuals aren't performing at their best, it's it's it can be a little bit frustrating. And now you're, as you said, Brooke, you got guys pointing fingers at one another, trying to figure out who's to blame for this. When each man needs to just go up there and do their job, they spent a lot of money. Both teams, the Mets and the Padres, spent a lot of money on players to be professional, to do their job at the highest, the highest of the the ability that they have. They've done it in the past. For some reason, it's just not happening right now. And I agree, Randy. If I were if you're a Cardinals fan, you have to be looking around the league, the landscape, and saying, okay, yeah, we, we, we're not good. We're struggling in fielding. We're struggling with pitching. We're struggling with batting. And we haven't been consistent in all three of those phases long enough to have a successful record. But at least we're not overpaying players that aren't performing at this moment. And, yeah, that misery loves company. Mm-hmm. You can look at another team and say that, obviously, Cardinal fans want the Cardinals to perform and play well. But at least you're not overspending for poor performances as those other franchises are right now. And the Cardinals, I don't think right now, and this is just a cursory quick thought in my head, I don't think that there's a single player on the Cardinals where they would have trouble getting rid of them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, maybe Contreras. But if they wanted to trade Arenado, if they wanted to trade Goldie, if they wanted to trade Michaelis, if they wanted to trade Montgomery, yeah. they could. Well, he knows one year, uh, but they, they that, that's... An aside, but I'm talking about a long-term deal. For example, is somebody going to take on Manny Machado's contract until he's 42 years old? No. Is God, somebody no. going to take Tatis until he's in his late 30s? Is somebody going to take Bogarts until he's in his late 30s or, or Darvish when he's 41? The Padres and their 
a market similar to St. Louis. It's actually a smaller market with higher revenue. But they seem to be in a situation where they've got a lot of immovable players that they're kind of stuck with. Yeah, you're stuck with them. And you mentioned those names. I mean, combining the bats of Soto, Machado, Tatis Jr., and Bogarts, that's 13 all-star games between them. Those guys should be performing better, Mm -hmm. and it's not clicking. Also, you throw into the factor, let's not forget the TV deal issues that they have. So that's something else that is looming over them money-wise. You have all this money going out not that much coming in when you also factor into the TV deals. Because yeah. that's that's something that's going to affect them in the future. Yeah, I, I really, I, I don't think that anybody is smart enough to utilize Tampa Bay as their model. I guess the Dodgers are utilizing the Tampa Bay model with Andrew Friedman. They're just throwing a lot of money at it. I don't know if long-term, if the Atlanta philosophy, where they've got everybody under contract for six or seven years, but this is only into their late 20s. I don't know if the Atlanta model is the best model. I really struggle to find out where the Cardinals should go. The Cardinals clearly need to change their approach. I was talking to somebody, a veteran Cardinal watcher uh, last night, and I think I'm right here, but you can text in if there is a difference. I think the last decision maker the St. Louis Cardinals brought in in their front office or in their dugout from another organization was Tony La Russa in 1996. I don't mm-hmm. think somebody has come from another major league team mm-hmm. to join the Cardinals front office or be their manager since La Russa in 1996. Everybody has been promoted from within. And I would think there would be a sense of staleness because... You aren't getting fresh new ideas from other people. Everything that people are bringing to you in terms of creativity, they have learned or thought of from your own model right. that started in 1996. That that comes from, uh, I don't know if it's a fear, but sometimes you have to have someone giving you a different opinion, someone giving you a different voice, someone telling you, no, that's a dumb idea. Let's not do that. And if you only hire people that you brought up through your system or that you have coached or coaxed into a way that they understand it to be this way and this way only, they're always going to agree with you. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want, then cool. You're going to get a product that is not going to be able to change or even sustain when things when things change and in, in changing around you. And I do want to make this point before you text in. Jeff Luno didn't come from another organization in baseball. He came from outside of baseball, as did Michael Gersh. So I'm not counting those guys. I'm talking about people that came from other baseball organizations that have other ideas as to how to go about winning. And when you look at the teams with the, with the best records in baseball, and I'm not saying that the Cardinals need to make wholesale changes, but when you look at the, the top records in the sport right now, almost all of them have somebody with a fresh approach. Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, came in when Joe Madden left six or seven years ago with some new and fresh ideas. Atlanta brought in a new GM. I talked to Brian Jordan about him, how Alex Anthopoulos came in and changed the culture of the Atlanta Braves. The Orioles brought in Mike Elias, who, by the way, came from the Cardinal organization through Houston and is doing a great job as their general manager. Their manager, uh, Brandon Hyde, is doing a great job. The Rangers bringing Chris Young from the outside along with Bruce Bochy this year. The Diamondbacks Mike Hazen uh, is uh, doing a great job. He came from outside the organization. Marlins with Skip and Kimming. Giants. And the Giants were setting their ways, man. They had uh, a really good front office that won three world championships. But they decide, okay, we're going to change things up a little bit. They have a fresh approach. And the San Francisco Giants, without a superstar on their roster, are 45 and 34 and in the playoff hunt. I just think that it, there's, it's one thing to come up with ideas. Okay, we're going to throw a bunch of money at this, or we're going to bring up players and do what we've always done. Sometimes maybe the thing to do is just to get a fresh idea. Well, I mean, they tried that, but then baseball got really mad at them. They they, they, they 
went to the Astros. They were like, hey, it's a nice little scouting system you got there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And they took a little peek at it. They just, they just tried to get some outside ideas, and they got their hand slapped. Brandy, what do you want? Well, I don't think that that's what uh, he was referring to. No. Once, uh, legally. Yeah. yeah once going you, outside yeah, the organization. I mean, if we're just going to throw up walls, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Which they literally did for Chris Correa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you have a guy that winds up uh, taking walks around the prison track, I think you got something to concern yourself with. But anyway, it's uh, I, and this sounds really weird because I would love to be watching Soto and Machado and Bogarts and Tatis. I, I would love to, and Darvish and Snell and Musgrove. I would love to be watching that group of players, going and watching a group like that on an on a nightly basis. But rationally, I think okay. Where would I rather be four years down the road? Would I rather watch that group at the ages of 34, 35, 36, 37 getting older and I know that I have to watch them for another decade and they aren't very good right now? Or would I rather have a team that has the ability to make significant and substantive changes with their personnel because of the flexibility that is inherent in not having those players on your yeah. roster. You, well, you, and you have to have that balance of that yeah. flexibility and having some of the superstars. You ha- yeah. That's a very fine balance to have. And 100%, right now at this moment, I'd rather be in the Cardinals situation compared to what the Padres have because that's just a lot of money that is not panning out. Chemistry-wise, it's not working. It is fun when they push, put, point fingers at each other though, isn't it's it? Awesome. It is fun. It, once again, late to the party. We've yeah. been there, done well, that. A, hey, dude, yeah, I don't like the way you're playing. This is San Diego we're talking about, Brooke. <laughs> they don't get mad there. So, so I remember when Goose Gossage came from the Yankees to the Padres. He said, man, it's unbelievable out here. Nobody even honks their horn behind you when you have a green light. In New York, they honked at you when you had a green light. And you, you could ever be sitting at a green light in San Diego and everybody's, it's cool. You know what they also don't have in San Diego, we, which my uncle is from San Diego. He, he's from here, but he lives in San Diego. Football team? Uh, well, that, neither do we, okay. Rock. Uh, flashing yellow lights where you can turn left when the, yeah, you oh. can't turn left. I got a ticket the other day in San Diego because I forgot. Thought, oh. it was, thought it was flashing, clearly. There wasn't anybody else going. I'm yeah. so accustomed to flashing yellow lights. Oh, they don't have it. My uncle saw it when he was here a while ago. He said, what the heck is going on with that light? Traffic flow, traffic flow. Keep going. Shout out to my uncle. I like that. I think they're listening. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for tuning in. And uh, hey, we'll we'll come out and visit. Does he have a spot for all of us to bring the show up? We can go out there and hang out. We can do it in his backyard. It is is beautiful. It is always 70 and sunny in San Diego. Love it. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got our bird watch. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. It is time for our bird watch. We need a little bird sound here. Brooke. I have injury updates. (gasps) Injury news. Injury. Breaking injury news coming out yesterday. When it comes to the card. Are you looking for something, Rocky? We're looking for the breaking news. Oh, oh, okay. Is it coming? Is it coming soon? official now. Breaking news. We have some injury updates for you this morning when it comes to Jack Flaherty, Ryan Helsley, and Tyler O'Neill. 
All right, I'm done with that with the news voice. I had to to take it out of retirement at least once. Well done. Jack Flaherty, uh, I picked these three just because I think they're the most pertinent to right now. But Jack Flaherty, the good news, it was right hip tightness that he was dealing with. He's given the green light to resume pitching, and he's going to start on Saturday. So that's good because we were worried about if this is something that should be more concerning. If he's on the injured list, that could really mess up things with this rotation. And you're wondering how that will affect the trade deadline, which is coming up here soon. Ryan Helsley, he's on the 10 to 15 day IL. Helsley was hoping to get the okay from his doctor to resume baseball activities the week of June 26, but he anticipates his return still weeks away. He said the injury sustained on June 11th while playing catch before a game against the Reds was the same injury he suffered in 2018. And he's dealing with right forearm with a right forearm strain. So that's something to watch for. It sounds like it's going to take a while still for him to come. I, what do you think? Maybe end of July? That's what I would End of July, think, yeah, early is. August. Yeah. And then Tyler O'Neill, Bro O'Neill, update on him. All right, Lower here back we go. strain. How long is that? Oh, I was waiting for it. There. <laughs> O'Neill has resumed baseball activities and hopes to go on a rehab assignment the week of July 3rd. He said, physically, I feel a lot better just not having that everyday activity plan, you know, after baseball activity and swinging, feeling good again. So, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now. O'Neill has been on the injured list since May 5th. So when will wow. we see him? August. Will he be a Cardinal? Full so. rehabs. Yeah. yeah. So you can't trade him. No. We're going to trade for somebody yeah. with a so bad maybe, back. May, maybe you see him after the break. We'll maybe. See. We need another bird sound. <laughs> I thought you were going to guys are going to do it again. Just to oh, how, how long? How long, Randy? How long has he had that no. back injury? Oh, about a week back. Oh, okay, let's check yeah. it. <laughs> so, I want to talk about Paul DeYoung. We we well, sorry, Randy. What's his name? Uh, Hannes Wagner. Okay, yeah, him. Yeah. He's uh, had a hit in nine of his last ten games. He had a lull there earlier in the month where he was struggling, and, and last month as well. Um, mm-hmm. oh, you put your hand. Oh up. no, I, I was you... just scratching my ear. It was <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you had a question. Oh um, no. And so, question: <laughs> Is he the reincarnation? <laughs> Is it true or false? It, it will, it, time will only tell. So the the question that I have, well, not the question, the comment that I have is that with him playing as well as he has been playing, he is obviously. Great trade bait for another franchise. Which team would be willing to take on that contract? Which team is in need of a veteran leadership, a team that may be having a playoff push? Maybe you're looking at a team that um, has an opportunity or has a younger player at the position that may not be hitting as well or may not be doing as well. I looked at the New York Yankees as Mm -hmm. a team that could potentially add some depth to their roster. Now, what you would get back in return, I don't know what you need is some pitching, but Paul DeYoung more than likely won't be here at the trade deadline because of salary reasons going into next season and Mason Wynn coming up at some point this season or next season. Paul DeYoung being traded, I think, is going to happen at the trade deadline. And there are going to be teams out there that need a shortstop. And as you mentioned, from a depth perspective, you just have to protect yourself if you don't have a great amount of depth. Yankees are a perfect example of a team that could use a guy like Paul DeYoung. But I think there's a few teams out there that still could utilize his talents. I think I'm sure that Skip has an affinity for mm, DeYoung yeah. down in Miami, and they could utilize his talents. And I still think the Dodgers, even because though they've the gotten decent work out yeah. of their shortstop position, I I actually think that Paul DeYoung would be an upgrade over what they've had this year. Mm. So yeah. I, I I would not be surprised if there is interest 
by more than one team in Paul DeYoung at the deadline. And he has earned the right to, you know, be traded, I guess, because he's performed so well and, and he's going to have a couple of suitors that are looking for him. And it, and as a player, you know, you see the writing on the wall. I told you I've had teammates who called me when they got a got the position that they played drafted in the first round. A guy got drafted in their position. Hey, it's been fun, buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse yeah. me? Yeah, they just drafted my guy, yeah. my position. I won't be here much longer. Yes. That's yeah. how business yeah. go. Thanks, Stacey. It, it, it's how yeah. it is. And it is what it is. Some people have texted in, too, about Mason Wynn. If he's ready or not, you have Tommy Edmond still around. Yeah. You do. You do. So it's not like Mason went, even if he's ready or not, or even if you call him up here soon and you're still getting him acclimated to the role, there's still plenty of depth there where you feel comfortable with that, even if you move on from Paul DeYoung. And if you want to keep Edmond in center field and you're the Cardinals, you can say, you know what, we just want to take an extended look at Brendan Donovan at shortstop. Yeah, exactly. You have exactly. that. And by the way, Miguel Rojas, the primary Dodger shortstop this year, is hitting 230 with a 553 OPS, and that is eclipsed by a pretty significant margin, that OPS, by Paul DeYoung, who is also very good defensively. All right, guys, you might be thinking about it because Jordan Walker has that 16-game hitting streak. The all-time rookie record for a hitting streak, good luck, Jordan, is 34 games by Benito Santiago in 1987. He came up from August 25th through through October 2nd. Santiago, as a rookie, hit in 34 straight games for the Padres. So I'm rooting for you, Jordan Walker, but you're not even halfway there. <laughs> if, you, if you add the hitting streak that they took him out of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Hey, who knows? But you know what? This is really impressive. What, what he's doing as a young player, and obviously a young player that they didn't think highly enough to keep up on the major league roster. That's that's not a criticism. That's a fact, right? Oh, that, if you send him down, you don't we think... We know what that is, I don't think, right? I don't think yeah. that that's why. I think it was just the opposite. They, they thought so highly of him that they wanted an extra year. Well, they got is it. going to they, they got ruin it. the future. For but, the Kerry, I'm anyway. trusting what they say. They say yeah. there was no service time manipulation. <laughs> so I'm just trusting. I'm, I'm trusting them. They said, yeah. no, this had nothing to do with service time. It had to do with performance. And so if they didn't think highly enough of him hmm. oh. during the time he was here, well, maybe they maybe, maybe. they just misjudged another young player. Fudged oh. some comments just no a way. little bit. Yeah. No way. That is your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, is it Nick that's back? So, uh, oh, yeah. The, the yeah. New Nick is back New for New a Nick. second day of the fight here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter for a second day in a row is Nick. New Nick, other Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. You are. You are. Were you excited about your win yesterday? Oh yeah, pretty yeah, tired. It was uh, great. I've been on, I've been on one, one other time, and I, I tied Randy and lost in the tiebreaker. So I was happy to get a win this time. Let's see if you can get another one today and leave Randy fuming because that <laughs> makes my day. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Happy birthday to John Elway. Which Major League Baseball team drafted Elway and had high hopes for him as a starting outfielder? Was it the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the New York Yankees? 
Uh, let's go Dodgers. I don't know. Last night, Otani had another insane game, striking out 10 and hitting two home runs. Who was the last, last National League pitcher to pull off that feat? Zach Greinke, Madison Bumgarner, or Bartolo Colon? Go with uh, Bumgarner. Victor Wimbanyama, Victor Wimbanyama is overwhelming is overwhelmingly favorite for the NBA's Rookie of the Year. Who is the first non-American-born player to win NBA's Rookie of the Year? Is it Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, or Michael Thompson? Uh, Hakeem. Which Hall of Famer pitching for the Cubs gave up the last regular season home run that Roberto Clemente hit? Is it Wilbur Wood? Goose, Gossage, or Gossage. I'm sorry. I knew that beforehand. I don't know why I said that. I know. I, Ferguson Jenkins. Uh, I have no idea. Let's the second one. <laughs> All right. We will double check the score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Nick, how you feeling? <laughs> That was uh, horrible. I don't think I got any of those correct, so <laughs> we'll see. Hey, well, we'll see what, what Randy – there was a time a couple of weeks ago he got zero correct. Yeah, he? he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, you're right. You know, if you don't feel well, good, Randy – well, he feels great. He's got his diet, Dr. Pepper, and his Propel. Oh, but his headphones broke again. Rattled. He's rattled. He's <laughs> oh, he's dealing with some – it's some Technical adversity issues. right now, Nick. He's trying to get Can it I together. Can handle adversity? That's the question. That's the question. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Nick again. Nick, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Let me turn these up. There we go. Okay, that's better. Are you good to go? I guess so. You got some adversity going, Randy. Yep. All right, here we go. Okay. Happy birthday to John Elway. Mm. Which Major League Baseball team drafted Elway and had high hopes for him uh, as a starting outfielder? Hopes. That would be the New York Junkies. Uh, George Steinbrenner thought he had him when the Baltimore Colts drafted him, and he said he wasn't going to the Baltimore Colts. And obviously, he wound up getting traded to the Denver Broncos on the night that I started my career in radio. Oh, yeah. uh, but it was the New York Yankees that really wanted John Elway to be one of their outfielders. He was a pretty good baseball player, too, at Stanford. Last night, Otani had another insane game, striking out 10 and hitting two home runs. Who was the last National League pitcher to pull off that feat? Can you repeat what the uh, two home runs and? Striking out 10. Striking out 10. All right. um, It seems like... We've, we've kind of been a, a Giants family for a long time. And it seems like Madison Bumgarner did this, like, on a regular basis, especially against Kershaw for whatever reason. He did the daylights out of Clayton Kershaw. So I will go with Mad Bum. Victor Wimbanyana is an over, overwhelmingly favorite to win the NBA's Rookie of the Year. Who was the first non-American-born player to win the NBA's Rookie of the Year? I'll do the lifeline here, CD. Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Thompson. Mm. I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Patrick Ewing. He was born in Jamaica. I don't know if Hakeem won Rookie of the Year. Didn't Jordan win Rookie of the Year? I don't know, Randy. Did he? I don't know. 
I'll go with Patrick Ewing. Jordan won every award, Randy. We come on. Okay. I'll go with Patrick Ewing. Which, I think he was from Jamaica, man. <laughs> which Hall of Fame, uh, which Hall of Famer pitching for the Cubs gave up the last regular season home run that Roberto Clemente hit? Hall of Fame pitcher, 1970, 71. I will go because the only one I can think of would be Ferguson Jenkins. I will go with uh, with Ferguson Jenkins at that time frame. We have a winner in today's fight. Do we have an absolutely crucial Thursday fight coming up? Did uh, new Nick, right Nick, <laughs> wrong Nick, second Nick? Did he push Randy to a Hall of Fame shot on Thursday, or does Megamind come in for the win? Ring that. Bell, the winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Nick. Randy did in fact do that. He did just win. He beat you three to nothing today. Yep, I didn't feel good about any of them, so that makes sense. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Let's go through those questions. Happy birthday to John Elway. It was, in fact, uh, George Steinbrenner and the New York Yankees who thought they had uh, John Elway. He played in their like rookie camp, and they, uh, he apparently was quoted as saying, John Elway will be my starting right fielder by 1985. Yeah, and then he wound up being leveraged. George didn't like being leveraged, but he was leveraged. Uh, yes, he was. Last night, uh, Shohei Otani had another insane game, striking out 10 and hitting two home runs. The last National League pitcher to pull off that feet and most likely with the new rules the last one to ever do it before he got traded from the diamondbacks to the royals in 2019 uh, zach granke against the san diego padres 10 strikeouts and two home runs zach granke which i'm sure he'll he's very happy about knowing how much he loves his hitting stats mm-hmm. will go down as the last national league pitcher to ever do that and victor Wembenyana is the overwhelming favorite for the nba's rookie of the year the last or the first excuse me not non-american born player to win the nba's rookie of the year is in fact patrick ewing who is not actually counted as the first uh, non-American to be drafted first overall. Technically, Michael Thompson from the Bahamas is technically the first non-American born player to be drafted first overall in the NBA draft, which I never would have guessed. And which Hall of Famer pitching for the Cubs gave up the last regular season home run that Roberto Clemente ever hit? It was, in fact, September of 1972. Ferguson Jenkins let up that homer to Roberto Clemente. A 3-0 win for Randy Carricker. Nick, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight the past two days. All right. Thanks, guys. Good job, Nick. All right, Nick. Great job. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll have a new fighter tomorrow for Thursday. Yes. Yes. Don't, 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 don't. You just, you you were so happy as you said that. You only played a couple of, uh, you you didn't, you didn't unload it like you normally do. Because I was expecting that I was going to get them all right. I was kind of disappointed, CD. I, well, I thought you. I, I actually thought you got them all right. I, I, was, I was. I marked yeah. one. Yeah, wrong. CD was. CD was like, "Where's like, Jack?" Where's and Jack? I'm like, "Get out what of here!" You doing? Yeah. I'm a little. I'm just. Here's the thing. Sometimes I, I put in questions because it's kind of like a listen. You got to get this one right if you're going to win the fight. You got to know. So you got to so know the Yankees. You're not a. Um, you, you don't get thrilled with just winning. You want to punish people. Uh, yes, I do, <laughs> Carrie. See, Carrie, the reason why we call it poking the bear is that when you started calling it the bludgeon, the bear got really, he, he, got, he became a big fan of that term because you it poked is the bludgeon. him. He, he likes to beat people down. He enjoys it. You know, <laughs> I, I really, I, I really am a fan 
this year, and we were talking earlier about how the Giants are are really good this year, and their their manager, Gabe Kapler, mm-hmm. they will if they have a five run lead in the eighth inning, they're going to keep it. And he says, "We aren't going to apologize. I'm not going to tell my guys to stop playing." I'm, Why would uh, you ever? Right. So if they need to, he said, "Hey, I've seen teams score ten runs in the ninth inning before. So if you can steal a run up five in the eighth. Go ahead and do it. And I have no problem with that. And so if I get the chance to steal a base in the eighth inning, up 5 nothing, I'm going to do it. I, I will say this about Gabe Kapler. One thing I noticed is he has a tattoo on his hand, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like that's a guy that, you know, barroom, <laughs> brawl, kind of tough, hard-nosed yeah. manager. Yeah, we're going to keep hitting. What are you going to do about Bingo, it? Yeah. That's the type well. of guy that I want to play for. <laughs> Hell yeah. What about a future manager with a neck tattoo? I love him, too. Oh, yeah. Sign Nobody's him up. Gonna mess around. I want to apologize to 636. They thought they, thought they were going to have one of these days, Carrie. They said, oh, my God, I can't. I, I hope these questions set Randy off. They thought they, 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 Terry, they thought so. they had us today. No, they thought they had us with today. What? With, with three? Well, I don't know. One of them. Any okay. one of them. You know, they just want you to go. All, can I just yeah. see them? They were all very good questions. It wasn't, is, you it know, wasn't have, my yesterday. You've never looked at a, a, a fight. I have never seen any. the fight sheet in my life. This is the first time I've ever <laughs> oh, okay. seen one. There you go. So, um, no, Elway was legit. The, the uh, last National League pitcher with two homers and ten strikeouts, that's legit. Uh, I thought I haven't had a bad question yeah, in a no, while. No, uh, not hey. It's been a little bit. Don't. don't oh, no, no, I'm screwed tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm done no, tomorrow. Those, those are all legit. Gonna pack, we're gonna pack a bulletproof vest for tomorrow because it's not going to go well. I'm waiting for it. Coming up, <laughs> we're going to head to Nashville. Uh, we are literally he- heading there. We're going to head to Nashville to talk to Alex Ferrario, who's got the NHL draft here on 101 ESPN tonight. The Blues with the 10th overall pick, and you can tune in tonight starting at 6 as Alex will be on site from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville for a special NHL draft live show. Were they having barbecue for breakfast? I hope Literally. so. I, yeah, I hope that's so. why I texted Alex and he okay. that makes it, anything That back. makes it okay. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of respect that. At 7 a.m.? Yeah, so special guests, they'll cover everything that's happening at this year's NHL draft, including the Blues trade. Doug Armstrong is going to talk to the media later this morning. Uh, that is tonight. Alex Ferrario live from Nishville starting at 6 on 101 ESPN with the NHL draft. The NHL draft show brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. And Alex will join us from Nishville next. Or Nishville. 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 Next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Yeah, well, I mean, you hear the names like uh, Orion Graves. Uh, you, you hear uh, some other names. I think that those are possibilities. But again, I go back to moving some salary. And if you can't move the salary, then you can't bring these guys in in free agency. And, you know, some of these guys in free agency... You know, aren't too flashy, probably aren't going to cost that much money. But then you're starting to talk about seven, eight guys on one-way contracts if you're trying to bring somebody in. So to me, if the Blues are going to do anything to this defense, if they're going to bring in any defensemen in trades or free agency, it's going to have to coincide with one of these guys leaving. That is our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. Yesterday, I'm BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Right now, you're tuned to The Opening Drive with Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, and Randy Carricker. And we head to Nashville where Alex Ferrario will be at the helm of the NHL draft coverage for 101 ESPN tonight. There's a press conference this morning at about 10 o'clock. Doug Armstrong is going to be talking to the media ahead of the draft about the Kevin Hayes trade. Uh, Alex, first of all, thanks for joining us. And we were wondering, did you guys have barbecue for breakfast? <laughs> 
No, no barbecue for breakfast. We did my uh, my patented <sighs> Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. Like that? Okay, good, good. I was hoping it was barbecue for breakfast. What about Nashville hot chicken? Have you have you explored you know, that yet? You know, guys, T Bone is asking and begging to go get some Nashville hot chicken. But if there's one thing I know, it's my body. And if I have hot chicken, I'm going to be in the bathroom during the draft. And I don't think anybody wants that. There you go. Well played. Live from the yes. bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I don't think Swiss Air Heating and Cooling is going to appreciate when the Blues select tenth overall, and I'm in the bathroom crying over at Nashville hot chicken. Yeah. So I'll we, we heard Jr. talking dinner. There you go. There you go. We heard Jr. talking about how the Blues. Were would have to move salary. What are you hearing? Any chance that the Blues would be able to move salary either to trade for a defenseman like they tried to get Sanheim or to open up cap space so that they could sign a guy like Graves or another defenseman? So all is pretty quiet right now in terms of the Blues connection, in terms of looking to add a defenseman or move a defenseman out. But to me, that signifies something's going to happen. I mean, from what we understand this Philadelphia thing, it was pretty quiet for about a week until we found out on Saturday that there was potentially a deal going on, which goes to show you Army keeps it under wraps pretty well. I just, the way I look at this is now the cat is out of the bag with Tory Krug to where like, hey, we tried to trade you and you wouldn't agree to it. So that's that's a burned bridge in my opinion. And I know JR kind of comped it to the Tarasenko thing yesterday with me and BK, but the difference in my opinion is Tarasenko wanted out. The Blues wanted him there. This is the Blues basically told Tory Krug, "Hey, we're trying to trade you for somebody else that we view as better than you." And I just don't know how you come back from that. So you still got the 25th and 29th overall pick if you're Doug Armstrong. And to me, I still do not see him selecting three times later on this evening. So I I believe that there's going to be some type of move between now and the start of free agency for the Blues trying to ship out a defenseman and bring something in. And so with that, too, I know a lot of people, the deal has fallen through with getting Sanheim as well and bringing in Kevin Hayes. It still seems like Doug Armstrong was able to come away with a lot where you're getting basically it feels like almost a free player with this. And then you have that sixth round that's going away for 2024. What are your thoughts on that trade with Kevin Hayes and what he brings? We talked about earlier kind of the concerns about the defensive commitment. But what else do you think stands out about him as a player? Well, first of all, I mean, complete bank robbery once again by yeah. Doug Armstrong. I mean, you got him for three and a half, maybe less million dollars for the next three years. And look, I understand he's 31 years old and he's older in people's minds. But to me, that's a 10-year veteran who has been to the Stanley Cup playoffs multiple times. He has had success in the playoffs multiple times. So you're adding the one thing that Doug Armstrong has talked a lot about that this team has lacked, maturity. So you just added a veteran that from everything we've heard and read – Kevin Hayes is loved by his teammates in locker rooms, and we're going to find that out. We're going to talk with him about 10 a.m., I believe, uh, here in Nashville. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But in terms of what you're acquiring in him, Brooke, you're, first of all, acquiring an offensive big body. Like, I went back and watched the video last night, and Kevin Hayes must have joked with Jeremy Rutherford in his article on The Athletic that Blues fans should thank him because – you know, the goal that he missed in the playoffs of game five where it was a deflection that went off the post and wide on Bennington. That's who he is, a power forward, a net front presence. But on top of that, you've got a face-off man. Now, he may not be Ryan O'Reilly in terms of a Selkie Trophy candidate, in terms of one of the best defensive forwards, but he is at least responsible in his own zone. We talked with Anthony Sanfilippo, who's a beat writer for the Philadelphia Flyers, and said, look, he's going to make mistakes on the ice, but I – the way I look at this is you're getting a six foot one, 31 year old, 10 year veteran who's been a 20 goal scorer in the NHL 
for $3.5 million for the next three years. To me, you traded a late sixth-round pick next year for that. That's a win in Doug Armstrong's book once again. Alex, do you have any idea of what the Blues are going to do in this draft, which direction they are thinking of going? Terry, I am so glad you asked that because I have been just uh, I have been working diligently on my Ferrari 05 list that I'm going <laughs> to unveil later on today. Okay. Uh, there's a couple there's a couple of forwards that I really like that I hope drop to St. Louis. Dalibor Dvorsky, he's a big centerman uh, who, in a lot of people's eyes, could be competing in the NHL this season. Uh, I love the idea of him. I've I've been on the Ryan Leonard train for a really long time. This is a forward who, in terms of work ethic, has been compared to Matthew Kachuk. Uh, and then there's a couple of other centermen. The way I view this one, Terry, is I don't see the Blues selecting a defenseman. Now, if for mm-hmm. some reason David Reinbacher falls to the Blues at 10th overall, which I don't expect happening, then don't be surprised if you hear his name called by St. Louis. But to me, it's going to be a forward. Most likely, it's going to be a centerman. And my hope is that they get a big-body centerman who could be competing in the next couple of years with this Blues team because you haven't selected a forward uh, above 10th overall since the 80s when you selected Rod Brindamore. So it's been a while. Hey, I want to circle back to Travis Sanheim, and he's got a cap hit, an annual cap hit of 6.25. The Blues have almost $4 million left. Is there a chance that the Blues could revisit this and maybe even add their other second rounds, both 25 and 29, and maybe ask a guy like Letty to go to Philadelphia? Do they like Sanheim that much that there might be a, another deal? And I, I ask this, Alex, because... Sandheim's no trade kicks in on July 1st, which is uh, three days from now. It seems like Philadelphia would be smart to move him before his no trade kicks in. Absolutely. And, and that's what I find so fascinating and why today is kind of the deadline for me, Randy, because if Philadelphia is moving Travis Sandheim, it's because they want first-round picks in this year's draft. Obviously, Doug's not trading 10, but if 25 and 29 are available – then that is going to have to go to Philly before tonight to acquire Travis Sanheim. But you're not doing that until you move Tory Krug. I, I really, Randy, was surprised that Nick Letty wasn't approached about his no-trade clause. Not saying that they need to ship him out, but like if Tory Krug's not going to agree to it, well, you've got two guys that make $7.5 million that, one, we reported from Jeremy Rutherford, like Marco Scandella was, or Philly was on his trade-accepted list. So he would have gone. Now, all of this finds out if Philly even wanted Nick Letty or Marco Scandella, but the report from JR that Nick Letty wasn't even approached tells me that Doug Armstrong's viewing this as we'd rather get out of the $6.5 million for the next four or five years on Tory Krug's contract, and we can live with Nick Letty's contract. But to me, if they don't move Tory Krug before tonight, then Sanheim deal is dead. But the guy that I've been pining for is Noah Hannafin with Calgary, so that one is still alive. But again, if you're going to get this done, 25 and 29 are going to be the trade chips, and you got to figure out your defenseman before the start of the draft tonight. That goes into my next question. With Tory Krug now, I mentioned this earlier, it feels like now there's kind of a target on him where you know that the Blues are comfortable with moving him and moving him around, but finding that right deal for him. What, what do you do with Tory Krug moving forward, and do you still see him being with the Blues th- at the start of this season? It's a good question. I think with Tory Krug, it really comes down to him now. Does he want to still play for the team that approached him and tried to trade him? And I don't know the conversations that took place between Army and Krug, you know, if he was ruthless against him or if he just asked him and he turned it down and Army said, cool. So it comes down to him. We saw Vladimir Tarasenko stay with St. Louis when he wanted out. 
the way I look at Tory Krug is, look, if you can move him, understandably so. He didn't have the healthiest career here in St. Louis, but I still believe he's been a adequate defenseman. But the issue comes down to now you're trying to upgrade your defense. But if you can't, to me, I don't see the point of just getting rid of Tory Krug to get rid of him because Tory Krug's at least a 50-point producer. He's a power play guy. He can play second pair minutes for you. So he still makes sense for this team if you're going to be competitive this upcoming season. The only way you're moving on from Tory Krug is if you're getting a better defenseman in return. And if they don't, I can absolutely see Doug Armstrong looking at Tory and saying, hey, we want you here. And look, Army and Tory is very different than Craig Berube in the locker room in Tory. Absolutely. Alex Ferrario, have a great time in Nashville. We know you'll do great work starting at 6 o'clock tonight with the NHL draft. And uh, just let Tanner handle the, the Nashville hot chicken. You don't need to eat any. Just I just want to get the report of what he looks like after he has it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm going to find a way to add as much hot sauce to Tanner's food the rest of the day as possible. So I'll send updated pictures throughout it. But, but guys, I'm uh, just going to stick with the barbecue and... Uh, See if we can just focus on that the rest of the day. Have a great time, and we'll be tuned in. We know you'll do great work. Thank you, Alex. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Alex Ferrario from BK and Ferrario down at the NHL Draft in Nashville. And tonight, 6 o'clock, 101 ESPN, the NHL Draft. Coming up, it is time for our Rush Hour Reset. We'll revisit your Redbirds 4-2 win over Houston next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. is 9.03 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Cardinals winners last night over the Houston Astros by a score of 4-2. to two. Paul DeYoung with a homer and a sack fly to give the Cardinals a 2-2 tie as they played in the third inning. As a matter of fact, it was DeYoung's sack fly that brought the Cardinals back from their 2-1 deficit. Swing, fly ball right center. Tucker on the run, still going. the fence. One run scores. Throw back to first. Everybody's safe. DeYoung with a sack fly ties it up. Now, Hannes had almost hit his second homer of mm-hmm. the night because he had hit one in the third. So that near home run, the sack fly, ties the game at 2-2. And you're thinking, okay, Framberville does on the mound for the world champions. The Cardinals are really behind the eight ball here. That was an impressive comeback by Hannes. Yeah, well, definitely by him. And and the fact that it was a sacrifice fly, which is something that I think goes against all principles of Cardinal baseball. They can do that? Yeah, I, I, I'm learning something new every day. I thought it was watching these guys. You could do it. It's clearly something. I mean, it was the launch angle, so I guess it's acceptable. But the fact that it didn't go out and it only made it to the outfield, you know, I guess it's gets it's okay because they scored a run. That's those are the important things that have to take place in baseball. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice fly, hitting the ball to the right side, getting the runner over to third. Those things help you win games. They don't help you get big contracts. Nope. They don't help you with your analytics and your stats, and it doesn't build a case for why you should do it more, but it actually helps you win games, which I don't know, Randy. I don't know, Brooke. 
I would rather win. I like winning. Than lose. I yeah. like winning. My, Scoring in different yeah. ways. That's that's possible. Also, just a side note with Paul DeYoung, he is one of the best mistake hitters. Like he makes pitchers pay if you he make does. a mistake, which sounds simple, but not every hitter capitalizes off that, and he was able to showcase that. So he has the Cardinals at two two. We go to the fifth inning, and the big boys take over. Goldie aboard for Nolan Arenado. Smoke to right center. That ball is well hit. Tucker on the run. Not going to get it. That's going to bounce high off the fence. They're going to wave Goldie. Here he comes. Throw to the plate. Off target. Ball gets away. Arenado to third, and the Cardinals take the lead. Arenado would score on a wild pitch. The Cardinals would lead 4-2. The call from our buddy Chip Carey on Bally Sports. And the Cardinals win it 4-2 behind a great starting performance from Jordan Montgomery. He swings and misses, and Montgomery has his first strikeout. The 0-2 pitch. He is caught on and missed. Back-to-back strikeouts for Montgomery. And the pitch is cut on and missed. That is strikeout number four for Montgomery. Swing and a miss. Montgomery heats up McCormick. He has his fifth strikeout. And two men are retired. Struck him out of the outside corner. Shut down inning for Montgomery. Montgomery has been brilliant in June. He improves to five and seven. Six and two-thirds is his innings total. He allows two runs, one earned, six hits, struck out those six and walked only one. His earned run average down to 3.52, only through 91 pitches as well. And I would suggest that right now, Jordan Montgomery is, if the Cardinals don't go on a run and get in the race and they decide to sell, he is going to be probably among the best one or two starting pitchers available on the market. And it's hard to lose someone like that. But this is a situation. He's a Scott Boris client. We keep mentioning that mm-hmm. over and over again because it's important. What does Scott Boris like to do with his clients? Take them into free agency. And they're going to test the waters. And he's going to be worth quite a bit, especially with this performance in June. And he just looks so confident and comfortable out there. Just the way that he was, one, able to give them length, the way that he attacked hitters and just kept them off balance was huge. And he's continuing to build off things. Even, you know, that home run, that leadoff homer in the third, that was only his second home run allowed in June. He's been sharp. Can we give some credit to Giovanni Gallegos as yes. well? Coming in in that moment, top of the seventh, uh, you had the intentional, unintentional walk by Montgomery where you load the bases and he goes in and gets that out. That is an extremely important moment for this team, for him. Jordan Montgomery looked a little nervous mm-hmm. and dug out because, as Jim Edmonds pointed out, there is nothing you can do. All of those guys are there because of you, and now you have to rely on your teammate to get them out. Gallegos did a great job of getting the fly ball and getting out of that inning for them. Yeah, and the Cardinals have won two in a row. And you know what happens when you win another one. Uh, you start a oh. winning streak. Mm. It has happened before. So hopefully the Cardinals can make that happen tonight. Miles Michaelis will be on the mound for the Cardinals in the 645 game at the ballpark. And he will be opposed by the world champions, the world champion Houston Astros, Christian Javier, who's 7-1 and one with a Oof. 3.25. Get to him early, please. Yeah, no hey, doubt about they it. were able to get to... Valdez. Yeah. So. Right. And Brooke, you mentioned 
Monty's uh, June. He's won three straight decisions. He's gone from two and seven to five and seven now, and he's three and one with a one point seven one this month. Thirty-one and two-thirds innings pitched. He has struck out thirty, nearly a batter per inning, and he has walked only six. So he's been really, really good and good for the Cardinals to yeah. have him rolling. Can I read this text from the six three six? Because yeah. I think a lot of people feel this way. I don't really know why. And despite a wealth of evidence to the contrary, I am not ready to bury this team yet. Because they do things like yesterday, where they give you that glimmer <laughs> of hope. A... And Sunday as well, where they give you that glimmer so, of hope that a lot of evidence, though, they can. That the tells you is, they should be underground. Here's the thing. They're, they've got, <laughs> yeah. good, but, yeah. they, they've got good yeah. players, right? We could all agree that they've got good players, yeah. but they just have not been a good team. And th- that's happening a lot. The Mets have a lot of good players. The Padres have a lot of good players. The Phillies, and granted, they've had some injuries. They lost Hoskins. They played much of the season without Bryce Harper. But the Phillies have good players and have not played particularly well. And teams that you say, well, who is on the Arizona Diamondbacks? Who's on Mm -hmm. the Miami Marlins? And those teams are playing good winning baseball. If it wasn't for that pesky World Baseball Classic, we wouldn't even be in this situation. Yeah, right, right. Darn it. Okay, so let me toss out a hypothetical for you guys, okay? Okay. Report yesterday that Max Scherzer would waive his no-trade clause. Yes. Cardinals get on a roll, and at the deadline, the week before the deadline, they're within four. Yes. Scherzer's under contract for next year. He has an opt-out, but he's also under contract for $43 million. Are you still saying yes? Yes. Okay. Saying yes to Max Scherzer? Yes. How old yes. is he? I don't eh, care. 47, 48. 38 years old. They're only 38. Oh, oh he's living. He's on the right side. <laughs> yes, and That's, yes again. Yeah. Is that young now? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, and it, if, uh, with, here's what I was doesn't thinking. Doesn't he not like the Cardinals, or am I just imagining oh, no, he's, that? He, he would, he's from here. Right? If the he's Cardinals from have, here, but there was some yeah. tensions yeah. with the past. And there's nobody here left for him in terms of family. His family, his parents have moved to Florida. Uh, and there, there isn't really family for him to come back to. But he did grow up a Cardinal fan. And I would think if he had a chance to make the playoffs with the Cardinals, he knows what it's like. He went to postseason games as a kid with the Cardinals. I would think that would be something that would raise some goosebumps for yeah. a guy like Scherzer. For $43 million, I'll get out there and pitch a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't know what my stuff going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm in here warming yeah. it up a little bit. And trying to, you're you're even older than 30. Yeah, I'm 42. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would be intrigued also, even though he has, because of injury, he hasn't been what he's been in the past. His his underlying numbers, as they call them, they're not really underlying, but his his averages per inning are still really good this year. He is Max Scherzer. So I would be intrigued by something like that if the Cardinals are in buy mode rather than sell mode. And then you think about having a big three of in starting a playoff series, if you could go Scherzer, Montgomery, Michaelis, then all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're feeling really good about yourself. Feel a little bit better, I, I guess. I, I don't think, do you, are you saying to a long-term solution, you're going to keep him for next year? I would keep him for next year because I don't have Wayno anymore. Don't worry about next year. Let's get, yeah. let's get, see if, if but he's this is the, the yeah. optimism that the yeah. 636 was talking about. Yeah. Right? Right. Despite a wealth of evidence to the contrary, yeah. we're still holding on I just hope. think, I think that maybe it's something younger would, and you're, and you you're looking at you the future. Get. If you're trying to take a shot this year, trying to assuage the concerns of people like Arenado and Goldschmidt trying to win in Wayno's last year. I mean... The Mets don't need a shortstop. Uh, they they have a shortstop, they but they, shortstop. they need stuff. They still need stuff. As a matter of fact, they could use a system. You think yeah. they need an outfielder? 
uh, that we could probably take care of that for them. Yeah, they're, we, they're, we have those. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do. There's no doubt <laughs> about that. That is your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got rock and roll. And then at the bottom of the hour, it's Wednesdays with Wayno with Brooke, Carrie, and Randy on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Wednesdays with Wayno at the bottom of the hour, but right now it is time for rock and roll. This came across Twitter a few days ago. I showed Carrie to this when we were uh, between shows one day, and it's a quote from Michael Vick, and he was asked about what it would have been like for him had he played in the NIL era. And he simply said, I certainly would have gave Virginia Tech two more good years. I can say that for sure. If not two, at least one. And it just got me thinking about athletes who would have made the most off of NIL had it been a thing when they were there. And honestly, I think Michael Vick might be a shoe-in for top five lists, no matter any way you cut it. That guy was so electric. I, I didn't even really watch college football as, as a St. Louis kid who didn't who didn't whose parents didn't have their like teams, but I knew who Michael Vick was because yeah. every single time I turned on any highlight reel, he was doing something I'd never seen an athlete do before. What about Vince Young? I, God, I think about he, Vince he, Young he, and him right what there he too. Been able to Texas, with NIL. Oh Texas my God. Over, I mean, you yeah. talk about the okay. built-in. Hold on, okay. Carrie, just let her like like okay, it's Texas. It's not Virginia Tech. Right, I mean, come I'm, on. I'm just saying, don't fret. <laughs> they 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 didn't have nil, but they. Yeah. <laughs> <Would you push? laughs> don't worry about it. It's not yeah. like they were playing for free. Yeah. So the the two that make and Reggie got his oh, house God, yeah. right. They but his, just look at his high school highlights. If you ever get a chance to YouTube Reggie Bush high school highlights, they're unbelievable. Yeah. But the other one is. Brooke, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. What would Peyton Manning have gotten from the University of Tennessee oh, in NIL? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a lot of it. There is. I mean, Johnny Manziel is one that yeah. comes to mind because Johnny football was. Yeah. JFF. <laughs> Tim Tebow. Someone just texted in. What would the what would the battle have been like? The outward like recruiting battle have like a Twitter, NIL, all of that. Early in Peyton Manning, when obviously you had Archie being the old Miss guy and Peyton being pulled to Tennessee because of his coaches. I wonder how that would have been covered and everything. That would have been wild. Apparently, Tennessee is kind of like the Dodgers. They have, they might have a budget, but they don't know what it is yet. Oh, don't you? I, I mean, look, people couldn't see what Rocchio just did. Yeah. I know what you're doing there. You're talking dropping about dropping off your money. Yeah. Was, it, was it the McDonald's? And yeah, McDonald's Tennessee bag? never did that. Oh, yeah. what I don't know Cam what you're Newton? talking about. Cam would have gotten a lot of money as because well. Because Cam did already. Ooh. Yes. Did you ever hear, you all ever heard the story about Lindell White, Reggie Bush's teammate, about when he moved into a park? An apartment. Oh, there was yeah. a bag of money just there. He no. said it was just a bag of money there. Yeah, it was like he literally moved into an apartment. Said, like and how much? On money. the table. On the counter, it was seventy-five. Was it, I think it was seventy-five k. It was seventy-five k. Just him about that. Like just I, a bag. It mm, was there mm, for him. He got it was the key, just left there. He said he, like, he got the key purpose. for his apartment at USC. He keyed in. He opened the door, and already on like the front counter was just seventy-five k. Let's get it in there. So it's a, it's always been going. I think we all know it's always been going on, just more behind the scenes. But the fun thing is that, like when you when you put it in front of the scenes, especially in the, in, the, in the late '90s, I mean, just the the 
straightaway sponsorship. The amount of commercials that Michael Vick would have been in front, like would have been yeah. on in front of, like every day in front of kids, it would have been astronomical. And we're just talking about football, but I mean, I, I just can't imagine some of like the UNC and Duke guys across the nineties oh, yeah. and stuff that would have absolutely just made bank in the back then. Who was the uh, remember the forward that transferred for, before the transfer portal transferred from Michigan to Mizzou? White was it? Uh, I don't remember from his name. Michigan to Mizzou. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I don't know. Jahidi? No, no Jahidi. He was slow. Yeah, I think it was. So I don't remember who it was, but uh, <laughs> apparently one of the assistant coaches right at the beginning of the school year just goes by their dorm, he and his roommate. His roommate may or may not live in St. Louis. said, hey, you guys good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. But the assistant coach is walking out the door and the transfer says, hey, but what about my money? <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got, you all forgot something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got a couple texts here seeing people saying Tim Tebow, Barry Sanders, Brian Bosworth. Bosworth. You know, here's the thing. Barry Sanders only got two D1 scholarship yeah. offers. Mm. One was from Wichita State and one was from Oklahoma State, and he didn't want to stay home in Wichita. Wow. <laughs> Marshall Falk only got one scholarship offer to play running back. Yeah, that was San Diego State. Yeah. Everyone else wanted him to play. Wasn't, wanted him to play defensive back. Yeah. Wasn't there a guy who also became a Hall of Famer already on the Oklahoma State roster? Yeah, yeah Thurman, Thurman Thomas. Yeah, there was yeah. Thurman. There was was there yeah. before him, wasn't yeah, yeah. he? So not only yeah. is it Wichita State, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, he has Thurman Thomas ahead of him on the depth chart. Amazing. And he still rolls with Oklahoma State, and becomes yeah. who he is. Yeah, pretty amazing. Randy's in, Randy Moss. Here's my thing. That would have been an interesting case because it's Marshall. No, but, Randy, but at the same time, Florida but at the same Florida State, exactly. and Notre Dame, and then and then you and have, got put out. And well, I, first you, of all, yeah, does he get well, put out? And you could not get kicked off Florida State at that point. <laughs> you had to be like really <laughs> trying to get put out. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trying to get kicked yeah. out I mean, of school. It's one thing to get kicked off of Notre Dame, right? You go to Florida State and get kicked off under Bobby Bowden. I mean, you've done something. You, you're doing way too much <laughs> what you're doing. Did you guys know, did I tell you that in that 1998 draft, because of the Lawrence Phillips experience, Vermeil took Randy Moss completely off their board? Really? Because of what had happened with Lawrence, and they just felt like they had to have people that were more trustworthy. Hmm. This is ooh, another one. So, of, could Moss, you have a, whoa, ooh. Yeah, Moss went like 23, right? Yeah, he so went late. A lot, a lot of teams did that. Yeah. Somebody texted in Jim McMahon. Again, I have to throw out... How much does the school hold him back? Uh, you you have you got some guys. He's got on personality. Yeah. He, gets a, he gets a sunglasses endorsement, probably. No, that's that's. I think if you just go back and everything is equal in terms of finances, I think the two that we listed off the top. I think you with Michael Vick and then Peyton Manning probably would have. And and I think Reggie Bush was yeah. in that realm too. Yeah. I think those three for football probably would have been the guys. Vince that Young drew the most. as well. Yeah, Vince right. Young. Yeah, I'm trying Texas to think. It, it's just. There were some some superstar athletes that just were amazing and awesome to watch. Yeah, and it's hard in football. You think about a guy like Young. He took that team on his back. Yeah. He yes. Vince Young beat USC. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, the, and Vic did that. I mean, what Virginia Tech is playing for a national championship? Right. right? Yeah, that's amazing. hard to do. I'm really blanking on other. Longhorns, Michael Griffin. Oh well, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, who were on that Texas team? Oh. Talking about him oh. carrying them. I'm talking to Roy, was Roy Williams on that team? The he, receiver. Yeah, he was. He was on that team. I thought, I thought, I thought him and I thought, Benson, I thought Benson and Roy Williams were gone already. Let's see. So he, didn't ha- he didn't have the 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 
you know, skill position players around him. I don't remember. I thought Roy Williams might have still been on that team. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll grab that roster here in a second. I need to play this for for Carey because this is a guy who would have gotten oh, no Lima nil. Limus, Limus, Lima Bean. Um, speaking of a guy who wouldn't have gotten a lot of money in the NIL, even if it had been around when he was playing at his uh, his alma mater of Dayton, they got a documentary coming out for your boy, Carey. All right, Steph, ready? Stephen Curry, do not rely on him to run your team. He's about five six. <laughs> Looks like a little kid. 150 pounds soaking wet. That was when I first really understood. I'm different. Taking some courage to the Sweet 16. It's not about proving other people wrong. It's about proving himself right. And that feeling of being underrated always be part of the drive that keeps me going. Stephen Curry, underrated, only on Apple TV+. July 21st, Apple TV+, Carrie, are you going to be Good tuning in? I mean, I may look at it. You know, Steph is, uh, he has transcended basketball in a different way. And it, it, some people actually blame him for what's going on in basketball. That's the, fair. The negative part of it, because you have people shooting 30-foot jumpers that can't even make a layup. So... Carrie, That's a problem. That's problematic. Narrow view. Guy from Dayton. Not Davidson. Recru- Davidson, excuse yes. me. Not recruited at all. I always do that with those two for some reason. Uh, not recruited at all. Undersized. Uh, underrated yeah. in that way. But also... Uh, son of an uh, son of an NBA player, son of like a ten year NBA vet, that and matters. the seventh overall pick in the draft. Are we are we kind of leaning into the underrated uh, thing with Steph a little bit too much? Well, I think going into college, it's yes, be all about it. it's, going that's into what college, it's all about. yes, going into the NBA probably, but. Again, you know, he was the seventh overall pick, yeah, and his dad was like a 10-year vet. The NBA, how many guys have been drafted top 10 that didn't play 10 years or didn't play five years? Like, it, it, it's a, you you never know how it's going to pan out because, you know, it's just, it's a roll of the dice for some of these guys. So I, I understand that part, but he definitely was overlooked until he made that run in the tournament. If he doesn't make that run in the tournament, I don't think he gets drafted in the top 10, top 15. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, and if he goes to another organization, I don't know that he has the success that he has. So no, he's legitimately underrated. I'm just having fun with it because it's, it's again, it's this. No one saw this kid coming. Where did he come from? Yep. Well, his dad was playing the NBA too. Thank I you, think Matthew. The size thing yep. is the big thing. We're going to talk to Adam Wainwright coming up next on Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. Brooke Crimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and we welcome to 101 ESPN via the Celebrity Line, Adam Wainwright, who joins us as he does every Wednesday. Morning, Wayno. How you doing? Good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, uh, everybody's doing well here. I want to start with this because when we talked to you last Wednesday, we were excited about the trip to London and all of the things that you had coming up. How did you enjoy the sightseeing aspect of London on Thursday and Friday? Uh, you know, it's good to get out. I've never been over there, so it was good to get out, um, see some things that, you know, I'd only seen in books before. And, um, 
I told somebody I hadn't seen anything since, you know, except in encyclopedias, and they were like, what's encyclopedias? That's how young our teammates are, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't – we didn't get tons of time because uh, the first day, you know, we didn't get into our hotel until like 1 o'clock in the afternoon from flying all night. Um, and I uh, took a little nap, and then we had a boat ride that afternoon. Some people got out and sight- went sightseeing. I should have done that because I – Napping kind of messed my sleep schedule up, but um, the, the the next day we had I had to do a uh, a, a, a double decker boat or a double decker uh, bus tour for MLB for about an hour or two, and then we had a workout, and then we had a, a gala at night. So I mean, you know, there, those two days were kind of covered up. I got out and sight uh, did some sightseeing. Um, uh, that evening, anyways, I went and saw Westminster Abbey, went and saw the the palace, went and saw uh, Big Ben and Parliament, and you know the big things that you you know you wanted to go see for sure. But uh, I, d- I definitely want to go back. I, I want to go to Wimbledon. I want to go to uh, see the uh, the war rooms over there and and uh, some of the bunkers and c- cool stuff that I didn't get to see. But uh, you know the disappointing thing. William and Kate were not there waiting on me, mm. you know, <laughs> we got off the plane, which kind of, you know, golly. Yeah, that's been cool. Somebody's got to set that up. I mean, if Adam Wainwright's coming to town, the, the, yeah, the, the prince and princess have to be there. No doubt about it. I mean, nobody told them or what? Come on. <laughs> really? Uh, the other thing, Adam, we had a great time, and uh, your supporters of Big League Impact had a great time over at Patios. So thanks for having us be the MCs for that event. Uh, there were a lot of people there. The, the, the outcome of the game wasn't what we wanted, but we did have a good time, and we were able to raise a lot of money for Big League League Impact. So thank you very much for allowing us to be a part of it. Well, thanks for doing it. Sorry I didn't perform well, but uh, I did hear that everybody had a good time, and um, and uh, we always appreciate the support from y'all and from other of our of our other supporters that showed up. And, and you know, it seemed like everybody said there was some, some good games going on, some food and good fellowship and hangout time. So I know a group of our clubhouse guys went too, so um, they said they had a blast. So, Adam, appreciate, uh, appreciate you doing it, Randy, and, and, and the rest of the team. I know y'all did a, a great job. Well, we had a great time. Adam, we know as professional athletes, there are two sides to the coin. You get the adoration and the adulation. But then at times there comes a disrespect and, and maybe some demeaning people. And over the weekend, you shut down your social media. Was that just a way of you refocusing and, and kind of removing the negativity? Yeah, it was. I mean, so here, here's the thing. If I'm going to get out of this hole and help this team win more games, I need a hundred percent commitment. You know, I've got to, I've got to be a hundred percent committed to the idea that I'm going to be great. And that's, that's, that's what I've always done. That's what it, that's what I need. That's what it takes for me to get out. Right. Uh, I can't do that if I have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of, of hate mail coming my way and I'm reading them, you know, that's just uh and I, I try not to read them. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to, but people will keep adding me so that, so that I do see it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they taken cheap shots too, man. Like I've never done anything in the city before. And, uh, and I know, you know, the sad thing is I know that the vast majority of followers on there are, are really nice people. And the vast majority of our fans are unbelievable people and just devoted fans of the sport and, and fans of me actually that, that just to have, you know, they let me know over the last couple of days that uh, I'm not I'm not a the one that those other people describe. I'm 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 loved, and you know, and I and I appreciate that. But it was, and people, you know, I also got a lot of messages afterwards saying, 
oh gosh, I hope you're not depressed. And I appreciate the thought <laughs> and the sentiment, but I'm not as fragile as that. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not, I don't have one foot out the window. I'm, I'm good. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I just had to refocus. Like you said, Carrie, I had to, I had to get real with myself and realize, and, and the other thing I had to realize was, you know, Twitter was becoming my source of news was becoming, mm-hmm. you know, my entertainment and I'd sit down, you know, to spend a, an hour on the, in the couch with the kids and, you know, we're watching a show or something and, and I'm, I'm doing Twitter, you know, and, you know, and, and then you go across the, the room and, you know, you're going to sit down and, 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 and do some writing or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at Twitter for 45 minutes and it's just like, golly, this is starting to overtake my life. Like get rid of this thing, man. So I know that there's a lot of good things that come with it also. I know I can promote charity a lot better. I know I can promote and, and the things that I want to promote and, and talk to the people I want to talk to. I've just got to get a, a way to figure out a way to, if I'm going to get it back, I have to set it up so that it's not, it's not so, um, but I don't even have the ability to see some of the things coming in would be good because, uh, you know, there's just some mean people out there, dude. You got to do mean like, um, like the Kimbe Mutombo and have a block party. <laughs> <laughs> just block. Hey, I went on a, before I shut it down, I went on a block party, you know, for like the fourth week in a row. Um, but, uh, you know, the game before I pitched, I pitched into the seventh inning, six in the third, I gave up a two run homer to make it, I give up three runs and I still got, you know, hundreds of messages saying like, you're a disaster. Like you're a waste of space. I'm like, good Lord, man, what in the world is wrong with these people? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we won, you know, and we won the game. So like, I don't know, there's just nothing that you, sometimes you can't please anyone, but I also know that, uh, that's not everyone. It's just the loud people that you hear that, that, uh, are obnoxious and, you know, some of those people never even play the game of baseball in their life, so they don't even know. But there's so many people that are devoted, wonderful fans that I definitely don't want to take something away from them if they're enjoying it. But uh, I just had to reset, man. You know, it's just a yeah. We're people too. I just it was just overtaking some some parts. Well, I started to believe in what people were saying, and I can't can't get better if I'm believing what those people are saying. Well, bueno, and we have been talking about that the past couple of days of, of course, if you're a professional athlete, you are mentally strong, really getting this point. And you mentioned there, it's not about being fragile, but now with social media, there's good and bad with it, where you have more accessibility with fans. You're able to get out more messages with big league impact. But also, what do you hear from other athletes as well about kind of the bad part of social media that we're starting to see where you have those people who are angry and hateful have more access to you? Well, I mean, pretty much any time you see somebody get in trouble or, you know, make a fool out of themselves nowadays, it's they did something on social media that they probably wish they hadn't. You know, look at John ja Morant and you look at some of the people that, that uh, snap back at fans and say something, you know, and and they lower themselves to those those remarks and say something that immediately after they press in, they wish they hadn't, you know, actors and athletes and anybody really. I mean, you know, anybody, if you go back through their timeline, that's how people get in trouble. They said something 10 years ago or whatever that, that got them in trouble, or they send something out in a, in a, in a fit of rage that they shouldn't have said that they, you know, they, they're just emotional. And so they send something out and then they're like, Oh, why did I do that? And then but you can't take it back once it's out there, you know? So 
um, th- those are some of the negative things that you see through through athletes and stuff. But uh, certainly, you know, if I'm going to promote events at Big League Impact or 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 great messages of hope or you know something cool we did, there you know it's definitely a great way to get out there. So there is certainly good and bad with it. Uh, you just have to learn how to use it. But man, it's really tough, and I think it's designed to get you suctioned into it. You know, I I think I opened a a picture of, so on my, I have another Twitter account called at walking with Wayne where I do all my Bible stuff in it. And I did, that's where I did my walking through the Bible in a year and whatever. And so I try to keep that to just Bible stuff, but apparently I opened a, you know, a, a picture of a, a cat one time or something doing something funny. And now, now all I have is 500 animal, funny animal videos in a row and Bible stuff. It's hilarious. Like, you know, last night, oh, what was it last night on my phone? I was, we were trying to figure out something. My wife and I were trying to figure out something and I was like, let's put that up. And so I, I went to type in like, what is the most? And it came up with the, oh. it came up with a thing that I was talking about. The first thing, but I know these things are listening. You no know, they're, <laughs> No one can tell me any differently that these phones are listening and they're patterning their algorithms after what you click on and stuff. They want to keep you trapped and not doing anything. They don't want you to go outside and see the sun and get in the garden and get your hands dirty. They want you to sit on the couch and get nothing accomplished and watch <laughs> dumb animal videos all day long. So, um, you know, that that's just the way that the phones are. And I think I saw something from an Apple employee who left and was kind of disappointed at the way that things were going. But they their their whole goal is to keep you locked in on the phone. And that's just doing a lot of hate. That's doing a lot of damage to people across the country. I really believe that. To society in general. Hey, Adam, we got a text from the 636 earlier, and I want to read this to you and just get your reaction because we wonder the same thing. The the texter said, I don't really know why, and despite a wealth of evidence to the contrary, I'm not ready to bury this Cardinal team yet. And I know you aren't because of your positivity, but why should we feel differently despite the wealth of evidence that we have to the contrary? <laughs> well, I mean, look at a game like last night, the, the, the world series champion Houston Astros coming to town. They got their ace on the mound. Uh, we go down two to nothing and Jordan Montgomery kept pitching, did a great job, pitched seven strong innings. Um, our bullpen locked in afterwards. Our hitters came up with timely hits. We we and we beat them. You know, we won that game. We've proven that we can beat anyone. We beat the Dodgers when they came into town. We we we, we even though the Mets don't have a good um, record, there that is a that's a tough team over there. You know, they're kind of like us. They 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 got behind early and they pressed or whatever. But you know, they got two of the greatest pitchers of all time on the team. They got. A really tough team. We went into New York and won two out of three there. You know, we we uh, we have a we have the ability to beat anyone at any time, and we have good players on our team. You know that have, and we hadn't played up to the, the snuff or the expectation of that anyone thought, um, especially ourselves. Um, but we show flashes of it every now and then. But you know, we've won six out of our last eight, six out of our last nine, maybe seven out of our last nine, something like that. Things are turning, and they turn. Sometimes they you don't really catch it as it's happening. Um, 
And I thought it was going to happen way earlier, man. That's why I sent out a message and I get crushed for it. <laughs> I get crushed for it. I sent out a message. Hey, sometimes when you're the closest to the bottom is when you're the closest to being hot, which is so true. You just sometimes don't know when that bottom was. And that bottom ended up being a little bit deeper than I thought it was going to be. But, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. Um, I think our team has the ability to come back and win. Our team ha- thinks it has the ability to come back and win, which is the most important thing of, of all of it. If you don't believe that you can come back and win, you can't, you know, and, and uh, luckily our guys do. They, they really believe that they can. And and uh, I was talking to Ollie on the bench yesterday, and, and as they scored their their first run, when we made an error in the first inning, he looked at me and he said, you know what, we're going to win this we're going to win this division by four games. Hmm. And I love that, man, because I look at him and I said, you know what? I agree with you. And that's going to take some serious work for sure. But uh, that's the belief that we have in our team and in our guys. We just have to go out and do it. Bueno, this is unrelated to anything baseball, but I know you do a fantasy football league every year. I need to know when and where I sign up. I'm, I'm trying to get in, and I plan on beating some people. Well, it's funny you should ask, Gary. I have a great, uh, I have a great list of, of answers for you. Um, so the the uh, the fantasy football event is live now. We are we are taking registrations at uh, bigleagueimpact.org slash stl fantasy football. Um, the event itself is going to be at Bush Stadium on Friday, August eighteenth. Um, I'm going to be there. My teammates, Stephen Matz, Drew Verhagen, Lars Newtbar, Tommy Edmond, we're all going to be in leagues um, playing with people. And, and uh, you know, we we always have a great time at Bush Day. And we're going to probably play some catch on the field. We're going to get together for some Q&A. We're going to have uh, some fantasy football talk. My buddy Michael Fabiano, who's the, the uh, fantasy football legend who runs fantasy football for Sports Illustrated now, is thinking about flying in and giving some advice to drafters and so we're going to have a great time, but uh, you can sign up at Big League Impact. You can um, get ready for a fantasy football event. This is our this is our flagship program. This is what got us all started, and, and we're going to do it on August 18th at Bush Stadium. And, uh, Kerry, it's not easy. It's, it's just showing up and winning. I know you, you got some you got some football <laughs> expertise, but, you know, yeah. much like the Twitter world, there's a lot of people in there that think they're the greatest. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We know, and, as, I, and as, I happen to be—I happen to be one of them. So, uh, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> as you know, my my team struggled last year, but I have revamped my scouting department, and I, I vow a rebound for my fans in 2023. Is that does that mean you're going to let Brooke draft for you? <laughs> yes, it does. Exactly. Hey, I'm actually really good at my la- at Camo V. We we had fantasy every year, and I I always did really good. So I believe in myself. I'm ready for the competition. Mm-hmm. We all. Yeah, Randy might need to stick to trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, Wayno, great to have you with us. Thanks very much, and uh, thanks for being as open as you are about what's going on. We do appreciate it. It's been the talk of the town. It's amazing how social media and a deactivated account can be the talk of the town for two days, but it is. And so we appreciate you talking about that and everything else that's going on. Well, you know, and I try to give people a real look into what I'm thinking. When I do post-game interviews, I try to let people into exactly my thought processes. And sometimes people like it and sometimes they don't, but always what you're getting for me is the real thing, you know, and, uh, I, I try to, uh, to be real with as many people as I can, you know, that way I don't have to 
I don't, I don't have to have regrets or second thoughts. So when I always tell you the truth, you know what I'm saying is, is coming from the heart. And, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, that's what you're going to keep getting from me. So, um, thanks to the people out there listening and, uh, maybe we'll get back on Twitter soon. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. By the way, you can turn off your mentions. So if it's somebody you're not following on Twitter, you can turn it off where if they mention you, you don't have to see it. Just just something. Brooke has done that, I think. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a great day, Wado, and go get them against Houston tonight. And we'll see you. It'll be fun to pitch against the Yankees, won't it? I'm pitching against the Astros. Oh, you got Houston tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got Houston tomorrow, and then we play the Yankees for three. Yeah, okay, either way, it would have been fun. That was two great teams. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we will see you at the ballpark. Thank you, Adam. All right, see you guys. Take care. Adam Wainwright, Cardinals right-hander, with us on Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. We'll head down the stretch quickly coming up here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Kerry, Randy, heading down the stretch here. There's a bumper sticker, I think T-shirts that say mean people suck. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to get one of those. I, I, I said to you, Brooke, during the break, it's one thing to be a really mean person, but how can you be mean to Adam Wainwright? Yeah. As he mentioned, I, I thought that that was interesting, too, when he said the part that where he was like, I think some people, it's like they forgot that, you know, everything that I have done. And and that's part of the recency of it, right? Like, it, you weren't expecting him to be an ace this season. It hasn't been perfect at every single moment. But in my opinion, he's doing what you expected out of him this season. You would hope that it would be a little bit better at times. But still, it's a lot of people have not been doing well this season. It's not on Wayno to fix this entire Cardinals team. And I guess it's hard for some people to look outside the baseball part of it and look at everything he's done for our community, for the world, to help people who need help. Uh, People, I guess, just focus solely on him pitching every fifth day and don't think about Adam Wainwright, the person, just Adam Wainwright, the pitcher. Sometimes you just have to let people stew in it. And when people are extremely angry, just say, okay, that, that angers them even more. When you don't engage in the argument, oh, okay, cool. I'm sure that there are people that are still listening when I I use the text line and I text back and say, hey, thanks for listening. Have a great day. (laughs) It drives them crazy because you're not engaging. They want to fight. They want to be angry and they want you to be at their level. And you just say, "Okay, cool. And we've discussed there's a difference between critiquing something, you know, performance Mm -hmm. or different things like that, as opposed to what Wayno was specifically specifically talking about, like hundreds of hate messages that were specifically adding him. And I saw those. We've all seen those when we were on social media telling him to retire. He's stealing money from the Cardinals organization. He should leave now. No. What are you talking about? I feel sorry for those people. I really do. Yeah. Because they're living a very unhappy life. Matthew Rocchio is living a very happy life. And uh, we appreciate the great hard work of our producer and audio engineer. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, you happy? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Brooke is happy. CD, you happy? I poke bears. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, pokes pokes bears. He's, he's happy. We're all happy. We hope you're happy. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning, until Friday Eve at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.